Mattel in 94. This is how we do it on CBS Sports. It's the State of Combat podcast with Brian Campbell, and it's back with the Pro Wrestling Edition. And you better believe it's back with a bang, folks. Backed, jacked, underwritten by that performance-enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell, absolutely the name on the marquee, the voice that you hear. Thank you. Back to, uh, I'd like to say I'm back with, with nice things to say about pro wrestling. But guess what, guys? I'm not. I'm really not. Okay? So you got an opportunity to turn the show off right now. You also have an opportunity to stick around because we have one hell of an interview for you this week. We got the champ champ herself, the man, Becky, two championship world titles. Wait, no, that's wrong. Becky, two strap. No, wait. Becky, two belts. Becky Lynch coming back to the CBS Sports pod to answer all your tiny questions about WrestleMania, the feels, what happened, what went wrong, what went right, and what is to come in her Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship reigns. What else we're going to do? We're going to do our best to recap all that went down on Raw and SmackDown in the Superstar Shakeup. Spoiler alert, I got shooken up. Yes, folks, we're going to get into that exactly. Are you kidding me? Stick it right in me, no, right? No, no, none of that nonsense. Get that out of the way. Before I bring in my co-host, it's time to remind you guys, five-star reviews is what we're talking about. It is all about the five. It's five-star season. So, uh, Cole Gargano, that was five and a half stars, but it's up to you to get out there. Give us a five-star review. Spread the love, or this show will disappear. Thank you very much. Hey, let me bring in that guy. Silver King, come on down. Oh! Hello to the bad guy. Oh, yeah. He never bangs Sonny. His name is the Silver King, Adam Silverstein. Hey, now. Actually, Brian, I would prefer to now go by the Silver Experience. Uh. Are you Please. still going to stand by that Vince doesn't ruin people and he doesn't ruin NXT people? Or are you going to keep it to Well, actually, I said he only ruins NXT tag teams. He ruins everything, Adam. Are they not a tag team? I'm sorry. Did I miss something where they're not a tag team? The guy ruins everything. Good luck. You know what we can do today? Brian, we can... Brian, we have to start this show. The Viking experience. All right. Uh, it's Look, it's... Who came up... Well, Vince did. Obviously, Vince with did. With the Viking experience obviously vince did and he's probably playing off game of thrones or and or just trying to troll everyone and ruin nxt because he hates nxt and everything that's good and probably hates paul's soul down deep inside but with that said adam i mean this show you know what the show could be me reading 63 separate dms from our listeners wanting to have the same discussion the viking experience and to pull an acostos on you it's actually gotten to the point that it's so ridiculous and so far obviously over the top and an insult to us who care about stuff like this that this you know this ain't uh pulling antonio from cesaro or langston from the big e this is like how do we ruin a team that's awesome let's do this that before it's- they start that it's so far over the top that I got to pull a Costos and be like, Vince, I'm not even mad. Like, I'm, I'm laughing at it so much. It's gobbledygooker. It's that bird in that box, which will probably turn into Bray Wyatt. We'll probably find out soon. It's so ridiculous that I'm just like, well done. Well friggin' done. Like The Viking experience. 
I would have preferred Viking Express. I don't know. Remember that ride? Did you go to um? What what what's the genesis? What was the genesis of this? Right, like we don't know. But did he not want a team with war in the name? Like, what do you think the catalyst was to, to say this name needs to change? Did he simply not like it, or was it like there's a reason here and it's a different product and we need to change it? Well, I had been uh, pleasantly surprised of late how many people were able to enter NXT with their indie name and largely keep that. So I always wonder if that's part of it. Like, it's different when it's an AJ Styles because you're buying the AJ Styles name when you get him. You're not necessarily buying Hanson Rowe or War Machine. And I know they changed it to War Raiders probably for politically correct reasons. But maybe it's just, look, uh, these these guys appeal to that late 80s, early 90s Carney side events. We know that. So that's why he probably jumped in and wanted to ruin them. I mentioned Game of Thrones. It's sort of been this theory people are throwing around. Hey, that's hip right now. I'm Vince. I'm hip. Hey, hey, fellow kids. Like, it could be one of those things, you know, like, uh, people the, love But Vikings. Game of Thrones isn't about Vikings. It's, it's. I mean, maybe he watches that not. Ed show. What is that show called about Vikings that he does that we were going to we were going to promote for him until he uh, walked out in the middle of our podcast? In I don't know, but let's podcast? not even try to find it because he walked out in the middle of our podcast. I still have the sound. It's saved. just it's just honestly like it, it's infuriating. It, it's just infuriating. And, and I'm not saying you can't change the name. Right. And I'm not saying that, like, every single time you shorten someone's name, it's the wrong thing. Like Biggie Langston being just Biggie is fine. Right. Andrade Cien Almas being just Andrade. It's kind of stupid, okay? But this is idiotic. Like, you could give me five minutes in a room with a piece of paper, and I could come up with 20 better names for this team that either used the word Viking or had something to do with Norse culture. Or they call them the Norse Raiders if you want. There's so many other possibilities. Call them Viking X if you want. Then Viking Experience, which makes zero sense whatsoever. It's just... It's a microcosm of this entire superstar shakeup. It's like for everything yep. that's like kind of good, there's something really bad right there. You nailed it. I, I didn't want to do this podcast today because I got nothing nice to say. Okay, I'll, yeah, there were two or three moments that's not on fair. Raw and Smackdown. Okay, but here's the deal. There were two or three moments on Raw and SmackDown that I liked each show. But the whole general taste of the bad. superstar shakeup is the same general taste we had coming into Mania, where we're like, you know what? This Mania build isn't that great, but maybe Mania will surprise us. And then, look, Mania was good, but we left there... uh, It was good, but we were also left there kind of complaining about how great it could have been and everything around it. And what do we do? We don't get a Raw after Mania or SmackDown after Mania feel. We get a build... Everything's about the superstar shakeup. So come through with the superstar shakeup exactly. and deliver. So my point is, was there some things to like? Yes. Could I be excited about AJ Styles on Raw versus a whole fleet of new contenders? Yes. Same thing for Reigns on SmackDown. Reigns Orton, sign me up right now. I'm popping. I'm popping worse than Lana's Snapchat feed right now for that. I am fired the heck up. But overall, it's just not good enough. I give a lot of time to this product. I need NXT. I need what I think AEW could be. I need NJPW. I need something a little edgier, hipper, not stuck in tropes, and something that moves me. I wasn't moved this week, Adam. End yeah, of show. The to- show's over. To- no, and, and it's totally fair. I mean, I'm not as uh, negative as you are in this case. I think there are some positives, and I think any time that you do change up personnel, it gives you the opportunity to have more excitement and things being less stale. But – for something being a shakeup, I really didn't feel like they shook much up. 
In fact, I think they kind of made things uneven, which is what they did last year during the Superstar Shakeup. But more importantly, but we don't really than know that, that. We don't know if it's uneven because there's so many superstars that don't have a place, and then half of them appeared on Raw and then appeared on SmackDown the next night. It's so stupid. Well, Adam. We, we do know That's it's uneven point. at least in terms of the women. I mean, it's it's blatantly obvious the women's divisions are are. are there's one that's an A women's division, which is SmackDown, and there's one that's a C, and that's C counting Becky Lynch and, and company. Well, but you don't know where Sasha Raw. Banks is or if she's leaving the company for AEW. My point is they haven't – like we don't know where Sheamus <laughs> is. My point is like it's so <laughs> haphazard, Adam, that they actually announced Lars Sullivan on Raw as a new member of Raw and then changed <laughs> it with no dis- discussion. or, or Like it's yeah. just – my point is this. It's so haphazard that they don't care. So guess what? I don't care. And that's, that's the, the bottom line because Stone Cold said so, and there is no racism on the State of Combat podcast. Won't be, won't how, won't ever be, all right? And everybody's <laughs> mad about the Viking experience. I'll read one. Just one. I got just one for you. Remember Cody Masters, that great chef who was backstage at All In? Here's a guy, you know, he's one of us. He's one of our people. He's one, he, he's, he's one of us, okay, at the Cody Masters. says, all right, BC, I'm not on the Mount Rushmore I don't slide into your DMs every time a wrestling thought crosses my mind. Wow. Let me pause it there. Are you Thank smell- you. Do you smell what Cody Masters is cooking? Is he trying to take some slants at, like, the, the gods, the Tristan Adelanos of our life? Well, I don't know about Tristan, although I do have a DM, DM from him that I want to read soon. But there are some Twitter followers who are basically live tweeting us their live thoughts during Raw and SmackDown. And, guys, I love you. But, like, enough. Like, it doesn't have to be play-by-play of Raw and SmackDown every single show. Hit me up at the end of the show. If some, if if one thing stands out really strong that you want to talk about, hit BC and I up. But, like, every segment, every time there's a commercial break, I don't need a fresh tweet. Wow, I just wow. Don't. All right, back to Cody. He says, but I've been here since episode one, and I'm content supporting from the shadows, only feeling the need to come out when things seem at their worst. I can respect that. Back to Cody. I think we are there. The Viking experience. Here's the thing, dude. I'm not angry and I'm not sad. Usually at these types of moments, I'm one or the other. But this time, I'm affected in a very different way. I want to say F Vince or stand up for yourself trips. But we don't really know what happens behind the scenes. What I do know, says Cody, is War Machine can't be the next ascension. And this doesn't bode well for them, man. I mean, listen to Corey's call when they came out. He can't even form complete sentences to describe how they changed. And no more chants that line up with their theme. And now they're suddenly heels? And what the heck? Did Vince type Vikings and Wikipedia and Ivar and Eric the Terrible popped up first? I mean, Ivar, he just can't help himself. And last night was the moment where I finally finally accepted that Vince needs to just go away and put him out to XFL pastures and put us all out of our own miseries. Also, while I'm here, give Mike Bennett a chance. I hate seeing the guy waste away sitting on the bench spot that JTG used to call home. Shout out to Cody Masters, as Cody Rhodes once said. One of the best guys you'll ever meet. Huge hog. I can't can't comment on the (laughs) latter part, but I can only guess. But look, Cody's speaking my language here. Come on, Vince. This whole, it's a microcosm, you nailed it, of the whole thing this week, Adam. Pull me off the ledge. I know every year after Mania, it sucks, and I'm ready to quit. But, again, 2019 is a different season. Fox is coming. AEW is coming. There's other things out there, including NXT. I'm stepping up to the plate for CBS Sports and saying, if this continues, Adam, we no longer cover Raw and SmackDown. I might do an NXT podcast. Well, what I was trying to take you down off the ledge wasn't so much the shakeup itself. It was the TV shows. 
you know these shows are going to be bad. They're not booking storylines when they're booking superstars moving brands. So you're going to have six-man tags. You're going to have eight-women tags. You're going to have these stupid matches. You have to just say, okay, yeah, this week it's not going to be great, but we're going to learn new destinations of characters and new storylines are going to start next week on the way to Money in the Bank. So you have to have that mentality. And if you don't, you're going to have a bad time if you're expecting storylines to develop in addition to all the shakeups. The problem is that we had a horrible Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania. So they didn't give us the juice last week to say, hey, here's the juice. It's going to come down a little bit in Superstar Shakeup, and then we're going to pick up again. This is the standard every single year, the lull after WrestleMania. The difference is last year we had like Pay Backlash and Saudi Arabia. And then by the time Money in the Bank came around, things started getting a little better. Obviously, like Braun won Money in the Bank, and we were, we were really disappointed because it's a terrible booking. A monster doesn't need a, a, a suitcase. Um, but this year, Money in the Bank is the next pay-per-view, and it's one month from now. So they really don't have a choice ex except to get this out of the way, put this on the back burner, and start building towards that pay-per-view. But there's no question that what he said, what you said, is 100% right. You, well, you cannot take a team like War Raiders, and that's what I will call them, and bring them up as NXT Tag Team Champions, mind you, without the titles, which means those titles are worthless on the main roster, whereas Paige, when she was NXT Champion and got called up, had the Divas, uh, the NXT Women's title and brought that up with her uh, before she won the Divas title from AJ Lee. So you don't even bring the titles with you. Then you change their name with no explanation. And then you change their individual names when truthfully, if you don't want to call them War Machine, you could have just called them Hanson and Rowe. And it would have been perfectly fine. The, on top of that, and this is just something little that bu bugs me, you had Eric Rowan over on SmackDown. If Rowan Rowan was too similar for you, that's fine. They now call him Rowan, and they gave the name Eric to Rowe. And it's just like, what the hell are you doing, Vince? It doesn't make any sense. And to Cody's point, I haven't always agreed with it because you get moments like Rollins Ambrose, right? And you're like, oh, my God, Vince still has it. But this proves he doesn't. He doesn't have it anymore. The, the, both Raw and SmackDown screamed of Vince products, and that's the problem. And, screamed, and, yes. And look, I've been saying it forever. Raw can stay a Vince product because Vince isn't, you know, he's not completely off the rails. Like, Vince still delivers Vince-style stuff, but Tuesday has to feel different. has to either feel like Paul or Brian James and Jeff Jarrett or whoever's actually running the show. It's tough to really know these days. And it felt like both. And I know what you're going to say, which is, look, it's a shakeup, so you can't expect the start of new things. Why can't I? You know what was awesome? Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch instantly starting a new thing. I pop for it. I'm fired the hell up. You know what's not awesome? Doing the same Lars Sullivan run in four times. Do you know what's not awesome? Horrible. Six and eight person tag matches and both main events on Raw and SmackDown. Not acceptable. You know what else is not awesome? You put the belts on the Iconics. Titles. Which people sort of popped negatively for only from the standpoint of, well, you're kind of devaluing it when you're doing hot potato with it. It just started. Why can't one team establish it? And then what do you do with them? You have them lose two nights in a row. I know one was non-title. One was. You're right. No, a, you're right. But th that just right. devalued them as legitimate champions. It's 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 the same BS. It's the same tropes. It's the same thing that the second you bite into it and you realize that's not beef in that lasagna. It's cucumber, and you go, wah, wah. And anyone can still say, yeah, but didn't you enjoy Finn and Ali? Wasn't that a jewel? It was great. 
It was great, okay? I'm sure there's once in a while when I crap out a giant load, you can pick in there. There might be a corn. There might be something still edible in there. Doesn't mean I want to touch it. (laughs) Well, Finn was actually great two nights in a row. Uh, But, yeah, man, it's just – it's unacceptable is really what it is. When when you have a company with this much brain power there that you can understand why people get frustrated, writers of WWE, when they probably came up with some pretty decent ideas. And yes, I do know there were visa issues. There were travel issues. Apparently, they had to rewrite Raw at some point. But what I saw Monday and Tuesday night, Brian, to your point, every week going into this week, Raw stood on its own, right, as a certain type of show. And then you and I would be like, oh, that was either good or bad. And then we would take a breath and go to Tuesday night and we would say that's either great or good. There were very few bad smackdowns in the last calendar year. It was a, it was a palate cleanser. And then we went to NXT and it was great, you know, every week basically. But what I felt this week and I'm going to talk about why, partially why, but what I felt this week was it felt like Raw and SmackDown were the same show. Mm-hmm. It's, it felt like 5 hours of one show and bringing Roman Reigns over there and we're going to get to talk about that specifically but bringing roman reigns to smackdown it actually depressed me because the presentation was the same the the gimmick was the same it was exactly the same where you have the opportunity to take this guy and move him over and have him wear the suit or have him look differently or dress differently or just tweak his music or do something because you're tweaking everyone else's music but it's the same or very simply book him in a hip and cool way instead of the dead trope of a guy who we didn't want to cheer for before. Now we feel like we should because of his personal life. And he's a great dude. And you book him right back in the trope of him against the authority. It's like, that's a wasted Vince bump. That's, that's bull crap. And him overcoming all odds. He c- comes in, beats McIntyre in his first singles match back when it was a great opportunity for him to lose, put McIntyre over and then move to SmackDown. And it was not, perfect. And not to mention, I love Elias, but it's hard to believe that even in storyline, Vince would su- support him as the biggest acquisition in SmackDown history when he hasn't been involved in a feud in like a year. He's Dude, like a novelty act. What if Vince had that same trope, the biggest acquisition, and brings Reigns out in a suit? Yeah. And you're like, whoa, they're actually going to tell that story of, of Reigns being the chosen one. And when, and when Vince was saying that, and I, I DM'd it to you, when Vince is like, this guy, he's the future or whatever, I was like, oh, man, they're going to continue the Drew McIntyre story. They're going to bring him back as the chosen one on SmackDown. You know how easy writing that is? Like, that doesn't take brain power to say, hey, this thing happened. Let's bring it back and make it happen. And now we have a top heel on SmackDown. It's genius. But they just can't figure these little things out, man. Yeah, I got a challenge for for my guy. That it might, might be controversial. It might be... <sighs> It might not be what we want to hear right now, but here's the deal. We can only go on what we think we know about backstage WWE. It's a combination of how we guess based on personalities, preferences, and what shows up on the screen mixed with how much we want to trust various dirt. Okay? Dirt sheets, right? So when you find out on the sheets that all those NXT guys appeared in the middle of WrestleMania season on Raw and SmackDown without Tripp's knowledge, I don't know. You can only guess. But here's one thing we do know. And that's in Paul we trust. What he's doing in NXT is special. And I don't even want to hear for one second that that can only be done in a tiny arena. Show up at a takeover. It can be done anywhere. Oh, it can only be done one hour a week. Really? How about let's prove me wrong that it can't be done two hours a week, three hours a week, whatever. So if that's what we believe, we think we know. 
and we make these funny skits on this show. What's Paul like during pillow talk with Steph after they do their 2 a.m. workout? Is he complaining about his father-in-law? You know, like a lot of people do in their own personal life. But you know what, Paul? I'm going to turn your own words against you right now. Have some balls. Show up. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. Give me what you already do. Great. On the damn main roster. Yes, your pops-in-law knows how to make money. He knows how to merch, move merch through windows. He knows how to get TV deals that break records. But his creative is more of a hit or miss now. Paul needs to stand up for the family name and for the company, Adam. This is not a new thought. This is not breaking ground. But the War Raiders was one of those sort of jabs, that it's stabbings in your, in your gut that, and they turn the knife and you're like, it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Adam, why can't the company who's winning with the most money and the best talent win with the best creative? <laughs> why can't they do yeah, that? It's that- incredible. Why? It's one man, man. Like, like as much as we want to criticize Vince, and as many times as we try to say, like, yeah, we're, we're criticizing Vince, but maybe it's not all him. It has to be all him. It has to be at this point because there's no way there's th- – look, they have a lot of writers, okay? There is no way a room of writers set came together and, and Vince is like, hey, we need a new name for this team because I don't want a, a team with war in their name on Raw. And, that, and again, that's a stupid sentiment, right? But let's say that was his sentiment. He's like, I don't want Raw – I don't want war on there, and this guy's name sounds like Rowan, so we got to change his name too. Okay, fine. There's no way a room of writers came up with that as their best name, and there's no way they came up with those Ivar and Eric or whatever as the two best names for Vikings. It, it just doesn't make sense. There's no way it's possible. Yeah, yeah, you damn it's Vince, right. It's Vince saying, ah, God damn it, that's a great idea. That's a great name. I, I just – are we going to wait until the – look, the Fox launch is going to change. It has to change things. Guys, it's mon- that's a monumental it, it put, turn. It put Roman Reigns on SmackDown is what it did. It's a monumental turn in the business. You're putting it on Friday night prime time. You are mit, you are mit, and it's with a separate TV company. We've been up and down this debate. It's it's going to have to matter. You got to get ahead of it. It's time to change. AEW is coming, whether they compete or not. There's something to get you out of bed. Let's do it. Let's stop. It's like it's like WWE is a steakhouse that also around the alleyway in the back operates a hot dog stand, and the hot dogs are freaking amazing. And the steak's okay, but people go there because they've been going there for years and they love the owner. No, those you need to serve them that pork. That hot dog is how we live in 2019. That's where the indie revolution is going. Vince, it's not 2003 anymore. And if it was, we'd be blading. Thank you, Miz. Thank you for ketchup packeting this week. Thank you. I popped yeah. for it. Can somebody blade? Pretty- I'm going to blade right now. Damn. <laughs> that was pretty good. I'm glad to see your actual your blading from WrestleMania. It looks like it did heal, though. Healed up instantly. Anybody that doesn't know, uh, the night before, we're doing a bunch of WrestleMania interviews. I bump my head getting off the toilet in my tiny bathroom in my boutique New York City hotel and hit the edge of the towel rack, which had sharp edge to it for some reason, and I get sliced right open. But it allowed me, as you'll hear in the next few weeks when we unroll a lot of the extra sound that we haven't used yet, a lot of fun conversations of me asking WWE superstars, hardware or blade, you be the judge. <laughs> um, so I do want to get into the superstar shakeup in terms of like the actual personnel. But before we do, I, I really think it's important to break down the overall issue with it. And I could do it, but we also have 
the number one man on our Mount Rushmore, Tristan Attiliano oh, at yeah. Attiliano underscore Tristan. If you want to hit that uh, beautiful sound that we like so much. How about this sound? I want to thank you for shutting the F up and letting me talk for a minute. And before I go, I would like to state that I did not bang Sonny either. Thank you, Tristan. Thank you very <laughs> much. It's a shame and it's our fault, but it's a shame we ran out of time and didn't get to have beers with this man. Um, yeah. Trade organs with him. Whatever podcast hosts and listeners do that isn't gross or illegal, we we could have and probably should have done with Tristan. Look, ta- it's Tampa Bay, Florida, one year from now, it's easier, way easier than New York. We'll do something. There's a right. ton of breweries, tons of places to go. We'll do something. All right, here comes Kentucky Long Rifle. Kentucky Long Rifle. What is that, an email? All right, so I got like three paragraphs from this guy, and I told him, hey, you need to cut it down so I can read it on the show. Uh, but the breakdown of this of his DM, um, the summation is that he loved WrestleMania uh, and was thought it was awesome regardless of botched finishers, winners, and losers. He just loved the entire show. But he thinks the Superstar Shakeup is, all caps, stupid. What? Who is pulling the strings here? Is there a lottery that the wrestlers pull like the old Royal Rumble days? Is there a trade between GMs? Or is it really as lazy as it looks on TV that these people just end up in whatever brand Vince wants them to? Is It It doesn't translate well. Um, just like a lot of things WWE post-WrestleMania, it's lazy. Oh, and that Viking experience name is garbage. Thanks, guys. So he's right. And my biggest issue, and, and we can talk about the individual moves, but it's the presentation and it's the explanation. The WWE draft that they used to have, even though – once the rosters were set, calling it a draft every year didn't necessarily make sense because you're not you don't draft people that way, right? You draft free agents. But but the WWE draft format makes sense. The superstar randomizer that they even had, where they just put it on screen and it randomly fell on a name, and then that person's music hit, and that person wound up on Raw or SmackDown, it at least made sense. The superstar shakeup, there's no form to it. There's no explanation of how these moves are being made why they're being made. Why the hell would suddenly the Intercontinental Championship wind up on SmackDown? It doesn't make sense. Why would uh, a guy who just lost the title, I think it was a year ago, show up on Raw and then win it and then stay there? It, it just, it, it's, it's, I don't even want to, I was going to use the word formulaic, but it's not formulaic because there's no formula it follows. It's just all of a sudden tag teams are here, women are here, this main eventer is here, this main eventer is there. And if you want us to buy into your product, right? And you want us to think that things actually matter, then you need to present this shakeup in a way that is, uh, it has rules and it matters and it seems real. Otherwise, it's just kayfabe bullshit. Yeah, it, it goes back to the core of this is fake, but it's a representation of something real. Right. There's no wink and a nod. There's a wink and a nod on the WWE Network when you're doing a documentary, or there's a wink and a nod on social media, or when we have a wrestler on the show. And although sometimes it goes kayfabe, we're going to talk to Becky Lynch today. She's heavy into her character. There's times she's tipping over that kayfabe line, and we give her love and respect. But for the most part, it's removing that curtain and, and not being dumb and just saying, look, it's not real. There's only so much they're going to reveal in that, and there's only so much they should, by the way, reveal in that. As much as, right, of course. As much as when a pay-per-view ends, I still think we should, and I would love to talk to the main event guys about how they plan that match. There are a good amount of things you got to keep behind it. But the idea is when you're not pretending any of that, has any sort of organized foundation, then again, what are we doing here? Then it's a TV show about wrestling rather than a wrestling TV show, which is a 
simulation of real fighting. And that's why, look, even that 2016 draft, which was way, way better handled than this superstar shakeup. And I loved a lot of it. I still had a lot of nitpicking in it because they could have gone even further to make it seem real. They did things that we love, like shoot backstage interviews and people getting picked out of a crowd and coming up to the podium. Like there was some elements to it that felt like the NBA draft or whatever. But I think they can go even way further than that. You can make network specials out of it, and I think people will be excited. Anytime you can point back to the structure and foundation of it being real, that's why wins and losses need to matter. That's why uh, you hear wrestlers complain. We're going to have an awesome interview with The Revival coming up that we did over WrestleMania weekend where they just complain. The problem with tag team wrestling is they don't enf- the refs don't enforce the rules. Like, you know, you hear Jim Ross say that all the time. Why do you not have time limits? It adds another, it, it adds some, another structural foundation. WWE is so far away from that. And, and, and look, for anybody that's heard us complain each time things get bad, it might sound like we're, you know, digging up Sister Abigail over and over again, even though Randy Orton burnt her flesh, I think, in her ashes in the rocking prayer chair. Shack. Prayer shack. Yeah, prayer shack. Um, but the whole, it, it really, it, you're right. It is the same in the end. It comes down to this. It's not just Vince is more about the merch sales. Vince is about the presentation, the look, the camera, and he's revolutionized many things in this area. And you got to give him love and respect. WWE is a better broadcast and presentation visually than anything else I watch. It's friggin' fantastic. In arena experience, fantastic. WrestleMania, if you're Tristan and you were in the crowd and you're not snarky watching at home, counting down how many hours you've been watching, yes, in the, in the damn crowd, that visual presentation was insane. The problem is it's always about that, not about what's underneath the sauce. The sauce is not always the boss. The sauce is supposed to enhance what's going on underneath. The meat, the core, the steak dinner has to be sound. Adam, do you eat anywhere where the food's actually not that good? But damn, they got great sauces. Uh, besides Chick-fil-A, I don't know. Like, where else? Do you know what I'm How saying? How dare you? How uh, dare well, you I'd love me some Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A but it, that Chick-fil-A sauce is, like, life-changing. It's just like, The sauces are incredible, but the food's very good. Don't yeah, yeah, me. I'll stay. Let's be careful. Let's, let's be, be careful. careful. Okay. All right. Um... But but, but, uh, but look, my point is... You no, make, no, you make the right point. You make the right point. No need to go on. Speaking of the boss, though, can we just get into this right now? Did Sasha Banks leave? She wasn't on either brand. And maybe I'm working myself into a shoot, Adam. But she did tweet out last night, always, comma, for everything. Okay. You want to translate that for me? Thank you always, WWE Universe, for everything. Maybe. <laughs> so, you're, so you're inserting 50% of the words. All right, there. well, let me just tell you like this. She lost her titles at WrestleMania. Whether you believe or not, some people's uh, dirt sheet reports, and I know they've come under fire, some of those people's dirt sheet reports. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. How, you know, but look, when there's smoke, there's fire. I, she should be upset. There should be an upset motion inside of her saying, why did Bailey and I just get stripped of these belts, right? And yeah, why, is, yeah. why is Charlotte, Ronda, and Becky in the main event, not me, who's arguably as good or better in, to a lot of people, right? Uh, in ring. Justifiably yeah. so. And we've been in saying ring. forever how she's got a lack of a push. We've had her on the show talking about it. She's a superstar, whatever. Okay. No, we haven't we, we haven't had her on the show talking. We yeah, want we her on the show no, talking. No, we had her on talking about it. In the, in the she's past the one. Year. Oh, she's the one that she's the one that's eluded us. No, we have had her. I'm telling you, we have had her. Anyway, debate so. for another time. The point is that happened. And then what happened at the superstar shakeup? Bailey showed up twice without her. Bailey was presented as a singles championship contender. Now, no mention of Sasha, no showing up on either show. And if you go back over her tweets, Adam, the day before, 
I dream my painting, then I paint my dream. Okay, maybe innocuous, maybe not. A, <laughs> this is incredible. Maybe not. Maybe please, not a please, crazy. Oh no, let, let me let me lean back so I can get the tweet history of Sasha Banks for the okay, last. Okay, and please. then on April eighth, what was April eighth? That was the day after Mania, correct? Mm, I don't know. She put maybe. a long one that I'm not going to read, but it's about her frustration in her current job and how she wants to feel magical again, chasing her dreams. Doesn't want to feel the status quo of feeling like she's going through the motions. Response to negativity at Mania? Heck yeah! Guess what happened April 9th, which was two days after Mania. Due to personal reasons, I had to pull out of my appearance today on the Wendy Williams show. Sorry to everybody. Blah, 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 blah. Well, that was a good decision no matter what. Is it correlated and connected? You be the judge. Um, There's a lot of different things she has retweeted from the past that make it seem like she's uh, unhappy. She put up a picture the night of Raw after Mania with her feet up on the ropes and the Raw sign behind it and said, if I were to start again, would I do it any different? Adam, this is an unhappy woman here. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm getting worked into a shoot, and that's fine. And I know she did also retweet a picture of her and the Iconics when they first joined the company. I'm not saying she's raging backstage like a pissed-off postal worker, but she deserves better. We know she deserves better. She didn't show up at the damn Superstar Shake-Up, and she tweeted always and forever. Hey, Sasha. Hey, Ferg. Hey, Gallows. Hey, Uncle Doc. Hey, Carl. Hey, Alexander Wolf. Hey, Harper. Hey, Perfect Ten. Hey, Neville. There's another side of the street. The grass is green. Quote the Campbell, nevermore. Adam, are you guys ready for a revolution? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no question that she's not happy. And I wouldn't be happy if I was her either, right? Because look, man, we we know the history of Sasha Banks and WWE all time, but in particular over the last like 18 months, they start building this feud with her and Bailey, and it's like, "Oh my god, this is going to explode at WrestleMania 34 in an awesome match." And then they don't do it. Because I guess they either decided not to or they started this women's tag team titles situation. So then they do this, this ridiculous stuff with Dr. Shelby and, and them fighting each other. And then all of a sudden, that just simply resolves itself. They become best friends again. They're the Boston Hug Connection. And they're a really good, by the way, tag team. And they eventually convince Vince, and this is reported, that they badgered him over and over again every single week to create these women's tag team titles. They eventually convince him to do it. They introduce him like four months too late when they should have done it at Evolution or another pay-per-view. They finally get them. They finally make them champions. And we say, hey, maybe they shouldn't be the first ones to win it because what you want for them to have is to have a WrestleMania moment, right? They deserve that. They deserve to have a long title reign. But no, they give it to them right off the bat. That's fine. They have them win the titles. And then we're going into WrestleMania, and you and I are discussing and going back and forth about it, and we're saying, well, what's the move here, right? You can't take it off of them because you're trying to establish the titles, and you want them to have a WrestleMania moment. So what sense does that make? They're also, by star quality, the best tag team you have for the women right now. And what does WWE do? They take the titles off them at WrestleMania and then reportedly tell them that they're splitting up in the Superstar Shakeup. And Sasha's pissed. And you know what? She should be pissed. Now, there's two sides to it. She should be pissed because she's better than the booking that they've given her. At the same time, we have seen women in WWE 
one in particular who's on today's show, Becky Lynch, have horrid, terrible, go-nowhere booking in WWE and turn it around and now be not just the hottest thing in, in the women's division, the hottest thing in the company, and maybe the hottest thing in all of professional wrestling. And Sasha Banks has that talent. So I'm okay with her being pissed. I'm okay with her being frustrated. Um, according to Dave Meltzer, if we're going to trust reporting, they have booking plans for her at Money in the Bank, Sasha Banks. And she's supposed to have been split from Bailey. Well, so in terms of split her from Bailey and you don't put her into a title feed with Lynch, then well, what are we doing here? I, I don't know. I don't know. But but in terms of the superstar shakeup, it seems they had plans in that regard. So I'm fine with her stepping away. I'm fine with her uh, expressing her anger and her resentment towards her booking. At the same time, 11 months ago, she re-signed with WWE for either three or five years. She is under contract. And we have seen, as I just said, other women in this company go from zero to hero very quickly. And she certainly has the talent to do that. I don't particularly want Sasha Banks out of WWE because I love Sasha Banks. And the best way I can guarantee that I see her consistently is on WWE. So she's not wrong. But at the same time, I don't think leaving's right. God, I just miss heel NXT prime the Sasha boss. Banks. Give me the boss. I miss main roster the boss. But to, 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 to support her, she hasn't been used properly since the end of 2016. She's had a couple months here and Correct. there where she Correct. was propped back up to be someone big, but she always got the short end of the stick. Th- think and, about it this so, way, but Brian. But some of it may be... Maybe, I don't. I'm, I'm putting this on her. I don't know. But you hear rumors of backstage heat with her. There could there could be insubordination that we don't know about. I, I get that that plays into it. But at some point, somebody that talented, come on. Think about this, Brian. Ronda Rousey was going one by one through the NX for, through the Raw women's roster, and WWE apparently had no plans for her to face Sasha Banks. And Ronda Rousey apparently went to Vince and said, "I need to face Sasha Banks before this year is out." And what what happened? They had a great match and a great two week rivalry. But they, but they didn't have the foresight, WWE, to book that. Or the foreskin, let's be honest. Either. To book it for a month and come up with a really solid storyline there, right? And look, like you said, and, and we said the same thing about Bobby Roode, who's just coming back now. Sasha Banks is a heel. She's the best when she's a heel. Why force her into this goody two-shoes role with Bailey when you know they're conflicting personalities? When you had the opportunity to pay that off at WrestleMania 34 and have Bailey be a face and Sasha really full on turn on her and be a total heel coming out of that. Maybe Sasha Banks is in the main event with Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania 35. She has that ability. I don't think she's extremely strong on the mic, but she has that ability. So when she's a heel, I, though, she's great on the mic. And believe me, I think as a heel. what as makes a heel her so great is when I first started watching NXT in late 2014, early 2015, and she was on top right away. I, I was like, who's this chick? She's too thin. She's way has way too much swag for her own good. She's just all talk. And then she won me over just by being knowing her character and being a great wrestler and just be and just nailing it. She had the it. She had everything. And Adam, it's part of the the process of WWE ifying somebody when they go to the main roster that you slowly sli- strip away what we loved about them. When she was about to join the main roster, there was an underground sort of opinion forming Dave Shoemaker of you know the, the masked man of, of the ringer when he was on cheap back then was a big proponent of this he was the biggest Sasha Banks fan ever he was saying she's the only female roster f- female wrestler on the roster even with Ric Flair's daughter on there who has the rock potential 
who has the potential to be a crossover star because she has the charisma and magnetism and the the sort of just what's the word I'm looking for? The just I guess it's it. Just that it factor. That it factor's gone, Adam. Largely. Largely it's not gone. gone. It's not gone. It's not being utilized. So when we get in these debates about people being ruined, and then people can say to you, well, look, this person like No Way Jose is never going to succeed, right? They got a comic gimmick. Okay, on that level, you're right. But there's a major difference, obviously, even with guys that are comedic, like the villains or whatever, of how they're presented on NXT compared to the main roster, because NXT is about the story first. And the story is usually underwritten by the idea that wins and losses matter. So when the story is most important, you take the people involved with the story and you treat them important and you consider them important. That's why people in the crowd at NXT shows cheer for both sides and cheer for the brand as a whole. They chant NXT like people used to chant ECW who were so behind the damn brand succeeding. They felt part of the operation. No one's ever going to chant Raw, SmackDown, McMahon's authority. WWE that just just doesn't happen okay so that's the major leagues and that's the difference between the NBA and college basketball where in college basketball fans are die hard for their teams and in the NBA it's not so different I don't think it's that same correlation there's a reason why people become jokes in WWE main roster part of it's a 50-50 booking part of it is that they are presented to you not to matter because even when they're supposed to matter and they're winning championships usually in storyline they gotta do something stupid like lose a bunch of non-title matches that inevitably brings them back down you know what Tripp's greatest gift in NXT is? Every superstar matters. You remember Blue Pants? That female jobber? Uh, what's her awful. name? Leva Bates, I think is her she name. She was awful. She was terrible. I love me some Blue Pants. And if that, if anyone has an NXT Blue Pants t-shirt in size large, I'll give you a kidney for it. I almost got that one time for $4, and I said no. And if you say no once to a $4 shirt on WWEshop.com, it'll never come back around. That's my life rule moving forward. Anyway, my point is, she was a jobber that got so over, they made a damn t-shirt for her, Adam. Because it's about the story. Everybody wants everybody to win. Vince doesn't want his own people to win. And that's why we have Ivar. That's why we have EC3. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're 100% right, man. It, it's just, it's disheartening. At the same time, like Becky Lynch tweeted at her, fight me. And Sasha Banks retweeted it. And Bailey tweeted back at her. So I don't know. I feel like this might be blowing off some steam. I hope. And I say hope not because I'm con- – oh, I don't want her to go to AEW, blah, blah, blah. No, it's it's actually – I don't know if WWE would release her candidly. I they think, she, like I said, she she just re-signed a contract. I want to see Sasha Banks on TV, and I want her – I want to see her in things that matter. When Revival – and Revival told us that it, it wasn't and told other people, they didn't actually ask for their release. They just kind of almost gave them an ultimatum. We're seeing an increase in tag team wrestling and an improvement in tag team wrestling, right? Sasha and Bailey walked up. They demanded tag t- women's tag team titles. They eventually got them. I hope this is another opportunity of Sasha Banks stepping up to Vince and saying, you are underutilizing me, and I'm not going to stand for it. And if you don't do something better, I'm not going to be on your television program. And I hope that something really good comes from this. I really do. Because she's important to WWE. And you know what? I, we, I, don't, I don't like using their terms, but she's important to the women's evolution too. She is. She um, is, and she could run a whole. She could be the face of a whole different brand, you know, a different company. So that's why it's important that they keep her. And look, it's not just keep her and give her something. It's not just rocket a title around her waist. No, it's, it's make a, her matter. It's about do, making it matter. Because why did we complain about the ending of that triple threat women's mania match? Partially because it went on at midnight. Partially because Becky's moment 
got muted, got taken away. It got rushed. The people were filing out of that stadium as fast as they possibly could. It almost felt, and we'll ask her about this today, but it almost felt like it didn't matter the level it should have been. Even more important than belts and winning is being in something that people feel, that they can feel that, that they can feel all of that, Adam. Kofi Kingston. That match is what we're talking about. Not every match has to be that good. Not every match has to be built that well. But that's what we're talking about in terms of you you tell a story and you have everything that happens. And, and yeah, okay, there were a couple things that happened that didn't matter. But most things that happen in that storyline build really matter. And then you finish off that story and, and you, you give a satisfying uh, face or heel win, no matter the case, a satisfying conclusion with a good match at a pay-per-view. That's how you build wrestling. That's what they did there. To, to some small degree, they even did that with the women's tag team title match. That wasn't necessarily bad, and putting the titles on the Iconics was not necessarily bad. I mean, there's pictures of all four of them backstage smiling with Sasha Banks and Bailey with their arms around the Iconics, like being proud of them and happy for them. But at the same time, they're happy for them. They're like, why did you just book us this way for two years if you're taking the titles off of us after three months yeah. and breaking us up apparently? All right, all right. We, we, we've, we've just fixed WWE main roster, so thank you, Vince. Thank you, Paul. Congratulations. Um, the we do. We, checks we have a lo- in the mail. Anyone that says, ah, oh, BC and Adam, all you did is complain today. Wrestling's supposed to be fun. Yeah, it's supposed to be fun, okay, guys? We care about it. That's why we we're care. telling you right now. That's why we're knee-deep in the crap, trying to get out of the puddle, trying to make sure you don't just take what you've been given, all right? Go after the steak. Once you get a taste of it, it never leaves your taste palate. It never leaves your mouth. You gotta keep chasing what we what we deserve, what we need, what we want. Thank you, Adam. That's it. I can't talk about the shakeup anymore. We need it. We well, need no, we have a lot else. more to talk about. I mean, we've twenty people that changed brands, but BC, what you said is correct. We complain because we care, and we don't do this every show. There was a time when when this show started under a different name that most shows were complaint fest, but that's changed for the most part. But this week, they deserve it, right? We're giving you legitimate reasons why they screwed up this shakeup and why they screwed up Sasha Banks. And we're trying to help them fix it. And apparently, I mean, maybe they do. Maybe they don't listen to the show. But someone no, does. Do and that. and you know what? Maybe word of some of this gets back to them. But BC, there is a lot more superstar shakeup to discuss. But before we get there, a quick word from our friends and sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. (laughs) Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Okay, BC, we're back. And look, we don't have to go through every single change that was made on this shakeup, right? But let's at least start and we'll maybe go down here with the two biggest changes. One is Roman Reigns going to SmackDown. I think we're aligned on that. And AJ Styles going to Raw 
for the first time in his career. Yeah, he did have some matches on there, especially with Chris Jericho when he first joined. But AJ Styles, I mean, the face that runs the place on SmackDown, a featured player now on Raw. I think that's very interesting. Yeah, that is. That's great to see. There's a lot of... um... I mean, it's just fun. Like, the guy's been on SmackDown his entire run, mostly. I No, he started on Raw. Well, no, he they didn't have... It was a it was, dual brand it was situation. Dual brand. That's right. It was one brand. And, you know, yeah. he was doing a lot of work on Raw in the initial Jericho feud before halfway through his first year, they did split the brands up. Um, It's great to see that... You know, off the top of my head, I don't even know where people are at in the brands because I was sort of overwhelmed by my underwhelmness this week. But if I have to hear Michael Cole do what he did, he he added to his lexicon of it's boss time with it's phenomenal. Did he? Wait, did he really? He did. He really did. So um, that part sucked the horn. Well, at least we don't have to hear it's the big dog every single week True. with Roman Reigns. And we'll see what Tom Phillips does with Roman and, and see but if he does look, anything. Let's talk about some good. Uh, AJ on there and Roman completely flipping, changing brands, brands that they are identified by is good news. The potential. Are you concerned? Just, I'm going to interrupt you. Are you concerned about Roman? I don't mean to use the word ruin, but but ruining SmackDown. I'm concerned about Vince going with Roman to Tuesday nights and, and being like, well, I got to book this guy. I got to book both shows now. We're, we're going to Fox. Good Lord. I got to take because over Roman's there, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm concerned about a lot, Adam. I have high expectations for the Fox launch because of the pressure that's going to be on them. And um, I'm, I got a lot of concerns right now with the main roster. Concerned enough that I really need AEW to show up, not just because I want it. Because I want to see what it does to WWE. But um, look, the ideas of Reigns Orton, like I mentioned earlier, off the charts. Who is on Raw right now? Refresh me. That we're going to see AJ feud with. I mean, the big bill on Raw is Rollins. Seth. So title, yeah. <sighs> Seth is there. Braun is there. McIntyre. Uh, it's it's looking like Samoa Joe will be there with the U.S. title. Um, is Dolph coming back? Give me a Dolph AJ feud. I mean, Dolph at some point, but they fought. I feel nah, like I don't know. No, no, maybe feuds, not. No yeah, maybe they haven't. I don't know. I mean, it's not it's not overly loaded. They added The Miz. They added Ricochet, Aleister Black. So you're, the, all those are potential feuds. I mean, AJ Styles, Aleister Black, are you kidding me? That would be incredible. Uh, Andrade, which he was just with, obviously, but and they, they fought a little bit. Mysterio is now over there. Those are all new additions. I think it's interesting they kept Andrade and Mysterio together. That makes me laugh. Um, they also put Aleister Black with Zelina Vega. Both on that show, they're married, so that's nice. Vince does this really interesting thing. He keeps married couples together, but he doesn't keep dating couples together. So you have you have the Usos and Naomi there, because Jimmy and Naomi. You have Aleister Black and Zelina Vega, but he splits up Charlotte and Andrade, just as an example. Yeah, maybe he thinks Andrade's a bad influence on his prize position. <laughs> like, if yeah. we were going to stop right now and rank the wrestlers in terms of their importance to Vince, would you say that Charlotte is third after Reigns first, sorry, fourth, Reigns first, Lesnar second, Cena third, Charlotte fourth in Vince's personal importance power rankings. Reigns one, Cena two, Charlotte three. Not no, dude. He's proven in the last year and a half that Lesnar is at worst two. Lesnar and Rousey both are money making money making operations for him. But in terms of what's important to him. Like, Lesnar is a vehicle to get Reigns over. Oh, so you're saying he uses Lesnar but doesn't necessarily yes. care about Rousey's, it. Rousey's a vehicle to get Charlotte over, or she was supposed to be. So he cares about them, but they're not the most important to him. He'll spend money for them, but that doesn't mean that they're the most important to him. Um, I don't know. I, I, I felt like when looking at this shakeup, 
and we'll be able to start with it, but maybe we'll do men and women and then tag teams. We'll talk like that. I felt like Raw added a lot to the men's singles situation and just the men in general. We said Styles, Miz, Ricochet, Aleister Black. So they cleaned up those NXT male one-offs, right? So they got Ricochet, Black, and they got EC3. They added our boy, Cedric Alexander, who obviously they added him, so they had to get rid of Apollo Crews because God forbid you have two guys who look the same on the same show. Um, Mysterio, Andrade, like that is a talented core of personnel from an in-ring standpoint. And let's not forget, kind of addition by subtraction, getting rid of Roman Reigns. So now title feuds and secondary feuds are going to be really fresh on Raw, in my opinion, yeah, because will. you don't have that albatross hanging well, over. Well, the, the great news, the, obviously, the best news is, is for Seth that Roman's gone because Seth can be presented as a legitimate champion, and you don't have obviously Reigns the bigger star over his shoulder. But if they're not going to do Seth versus Roman, which everyone knows, if we listen to the show, I want more than anything to close next year's Mania. If you are not going to do that, or not going to do that yet you remove the, the pressure and the need to go on linking them together on TV all the time because they're two-thirds of one of the greatest you know group slash factions of all time. So that's great for Seth. You're right. If Seth's going to hold the big belt, you have the potential to have AJ competing for the secondary championship. I mean, could you imagine an, a, a giant AJ Miz feud? Heck, a giant Seth Rollins Miz feud. There's a lot of fun potential at the highest level here. Miz would be the perfect B-side heel when he turns back around for the damn big belt. So that's all great, all good. Interesting, though, that not only that Alexander Wolf gave his notice, but that they've broken up so many groups. They've broken up uh, the Riot Squad. They've broken up Sanity. And now when they showed the additions, you had on that, that full screen, of course, Cedric Alexander's face. And then you had Eric Young separate from the group next to him. And I'm like... Is a guy like Eric Young only on there to take the fall in matches to prop up some of these cruiserweights so you can begin to believe that their main roster size and worthy? Yeah, that's interesting. And you're right about that. But just a clarification on Alexander Wolf. Apparently, he's going back to NXT. I, he seemed to put his notice in. I don't really know. But, man, Alexander Wolf, like, talk about irrelevant. He was the third, mo- fourth oh. most interesting member of Sanity by far. I thought he played his role in Sanity perfect. He played not, his role. I'm not going to overinflate his value to the territory, but that team was great. Some of its parts, I thought. And now that, that now I think done. that's the greatest bastardization of of a NXT call up that Vince and we're going to. I mean, EC3 is the other one, and I'll talk about him briefly in a second. But like Sanity and EC3 are the two things that like Vince brought them up and just had nothing to do with them. Didn't care that he brought them up. Probably doesn't even know why. Probably just said, hey. Who's someone that I can bring up? Oh, therefore they can work house shows. Okay, let's bring them up. Like he ruined them by taking Nikki Cross away. Did nothing with Nikki Cross. Right now, Nikki Cross doesn't even have a brand, even though she was brought up. They just left her off the no, shake. They, they announced her after the fact. No, I thought she was announced on SmackDown, like one of those after the fact that showed up on their website where they no she no she wasn't scratched in the rosters. Oh, then. She was not. Well, they have to. Okay, so they got, they have too much talent. And unlike in the past, so in the past they they make an NXT block call up, and then you were going to expect quietly that you'd get those previous generation superstars, right? Like the uh, what was uh, Titus's tag team partner in the uh, Darren the, Young, Fred Dosser. Yeah, Darren Young. You'd get a a, a group of Darren Young. Um, what's that chick? Danielle Monet. What was her character? I don't know that real she name. She was Taylor actually. Breeze's girlfriend for a hot second. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, uh, uh, Summer, Summer Ray. Summer Ray. You get those sort of dumped off, and you go, okay, yeah, I get it. I see it. Um, we've seen more NXT call-ups, I feel like, in, in the past few months 
than ever. So when's that purge going to come? Or is that purge not coming because it's such a fertile time for not just AEW, but really anybody? Like, honestly, if they caught anybody with a name and like a Ring of Honor grabs them or something, I'm not saying WWE would be afraid if a Tyler Breeze showed up in Ring of Honor. I'm not saying it like that, but I'm saying they also wouldn't want to put out there right now in this fertile time fuel for other people. So do you think a purge is coming or are we just going to sit tight with all these people doing house shows only? Yeah, they didn't do like a future endeavor round last year. They actually did not at all. Now, individual people left here and there, but they didn't do that. And I don't think they're going to do it this year either. I think it's almost natural. Like a couple of these people are leaving and we'll get to another one at least later. I don't know that that's going to happen. And I, and I, you know what? I honestly stand by. I don't think the rosters are bloated. I don't think they what? have too much talent. I don't. What they need to do is learn how to rotate talent. They have to learn that this person does not need to be on TV every single week to be in a feud. And when there is a feud, it doesn't have to be on TV every single week unless it's leading up to a pay-per-view match. And if it is, that's great. And if it's not, you can have it on TV once every two or three weeks and lead up to a a big match on TV. You can have a, a feud between Rey Mysterio and EC3 that you put together for some reason and have it be on TV four of six weeks. And that fourth time they meet is a major match. Like, it's right, not four of six weeks is fine, but anything more than that in your ass. I'm just saying not I'm just saying you don't I'm just saying you don't always have to use everyone all the time. And when you do want to use most people, you don't always have to use the same people all the <laughs> and time. What does WWE do problem. this week? They take seven people, put them on Raw, and then put them on SmackDown the next night. That's great. Some of them, yeah, and it was ridiculous. But I, I am excited to see Andrade over there. I think Mysterio, like that's that's an example of WWE, a true example of WWE signing someone just being like I don't want your name anywhere else because they have nothing for him. And it's unfortunate because he's still really good. But even me as a fan, I'm like, I don't really care about Rey Mysterio. Like, I, I don't care where he is. But if you give me a hot feud with Andrade at some point, I'm down. What I was, what really bothered me, honestly, is that they put Ricochet and Alistair Black on the same show. And that's so much talent. That, <laughs> so like, they're I wanna... teasing all night, Adam, that some teams may be broken up. They're teasing that all night, and yet they don't officially announce that. We had to do the math and figure out that the Riot Squad's broken up. Sanity's probably broken up. The perfect team you could break up because they don't make sense as a team. You run them out as a team again, Ricochet and Alistair Black. What are well, they Well, they don't doing? make sense as a team, but they, they are great as a team now. Like yeah, what does awesome it say about them that. that they fought or they competed for all three major tag titles in the organization in the same six-day period on the largest stage, and they lost all lost three? All of them. Again, it's the tiny details that matter. You know what that tells me? They're losers. Yeah. A couple more topics to bring up. Uh, By the uh, way, ha- after you built them up, uh, unbeatable in pinning, unbeatable. All, yeah. uh, pinning all these champions. And they're, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's, no, it's great. It's great. Can I give you WWE seven hours of my week, please? Can I just give it to you? It's great. Really, please. Thank you. A C- couple more things. You, you can give me a hero zero. You can agree. You can give me a quick thought, whatever the case. Have you ever seen someone buried as quickly as ZC3 in your life? No. I, what did he, does he have new, what happened? Did he, what did he do back there? Did he take, I don't know. Did he, uh, a good, a good guy on the mic who doesn't get the chance to talk. And just gets the crap beat out of him at all times. Yeah. That's one. Uh, Lars Sullivan. I mean, I think you like him and you've told me that I'm wrong for hating him and thinking yeah. he's going to be an immediate failure. The guy looks like Gene Snitsky to me. Uh, I don't think his ceiling's any higher than that. What? Why do I care about this guy? All right, here's the problem, okay? In NXT, you want to know why he ruled? And it took me a while to love him in NXT. At first, I thought he was just a uh, a freak, if you will. But you know what? 
won me over? The fact that he can work like a madman. Remember that ladder match? Do you remember the spots for the North American title that he was in? He won me over. And what With is Killian he? Dane, by the way. And again, this is a microcosm of the issues we already identified. On the main roster, he's only a freak. He looks a little bit like Festus. He acts like Lenny from Mice of Men. He's just a weirdo freak who did the same run in four straight times, Adam. They didn't give him any wrinkle in his personality. They didn't... Look, it would have been much better if his first appearance is running in and taking Braun Strowman out. And then you're like, holy crap, okay, I want to see this. I want to see if he's on Strowman's level in a feud. Can we do matches that'll make us care? Can we take turns, each of them flipping houses over? Yeah, I'd be okay with that. But no, it's it's... We know where this is going. It's Bobby Roode with a robe and playing Glorious over and over. It's freak, 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 freak. And then that here comes the Festus jokes. Here comes the Snitsky experience. Here comes I hate this guy. Get him off my screen. When you know what? He can work. You know who can work? Luke Harper can outwork anyone. You know where he's gone? Gone off the damn roster because they don't do anything with him. Adam, the story yeah. matters. The wrestling matters. F the merch. F the TV ratings. F the TV money. F Saudi Arabia. Said it. Okay, you're done. All right. I mean uh, it. They, they also took away from the, the one cool thing the guy had, which was that entrance with the spotlight where all the hair on his body stands up, and it looks super, like, intimidating. Just got rid of that. Uh, a couple more here. Finn Balor. Our man. Fergal. Looking good in blue on SmackDown with the Intercontinental title, title switching brands as well. I popped hard for that man. Wrong terminology. I popped large for that man. Uh, I thought <laughs> I thought that was a fantastic move. I like the WWE and the Intercontinental title being on the same brand, and I like the idea of Finn Balor being on SmackDown, where where if if tradition holds. Work rate, storylines, etc., will be better, and they'll be able to utilize. I know what you've got in your pants, and I want it. Wow. Um. So I said the best move of this shakeup was for Seth Rollins having Re- Roman Reigns gone. The best move for us to not complain for the first hour of a podcast anymore is taking Prince Devitt, Finn Balor, putting him on the brand where he can wrestle like you just nailed it and not be marginalized. Let's not hear from or see the demon ever again. Let's come back to Fonzie Cool Finn or just regular. This guy can wrestle and he's great and he's 37. Yet it looks like he's 15. He's got great abs. That's the guy that we want. That's the guy that we need. His two appearances wrestling this week were great. His match with Ali, yes. Love the baby face handshakes and hugs afterwards. Love the fact that on Sunday of this week, when I was stuck between the Atlanta and Charlotte Airport for 14 hours, RIP to everybody who, who by the way, seriously got hurt in that tornado that swept the south and in, uh, in the south south central plains, whatever. But um, I saw Finn. I saw Finn in the Charlotte Airport from across the way. I was going to go get a selfie with him or, or call him Prince Devitt. But um, you know those rocking chairs in the Charlotte airport? You ever spent 14 hours in an airport, Adam? Those rocking chairs become like sex currency. It's like one when, when one opens, you go sprinting because you can plug in your phone. You can rock. You can rest. I was ro- It was the rock and wrestling connection. I was rock and resting there. I couldn't run over and get me some of Finn. But I saw him on Tuesday night and he was fantastic. He could be, unless Vince has the book on Tuesdays, he can really be presented as a, who he is a great wrestler, my, great charisma. Get rid of the other crap. Love it. My only, my only concern is they took away like half the guys I wanted to see him wrestle on SmackDown. They took away styles. 
They took away. They didn't give them Ricochet. They didn't give them Alistair Black. They took away Andrade. So now who's really like who are like, the heels is, on? Who are the elite heels on SmackDown? Joe, Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe will be on Raw. Do we know that? Yeah, we think that. Yeah. If Joe stays on SD, and Finn gives up, the but you just had him. Joe and, and him on Raw together. But they didn't feel you just you just had them together. So they took away all the awesome dudes who I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see him fight. Now it's like there's Daniel Bryan, there's Kofi, there's Roman, which we've seen that before. Oh, Cesaro, I think is separate now because he didn't show up with Sheamus on. He's TV. not separate. Sheamus had visa issues and he couldn't get in. Uh, so there's just all these. Indi- there's just they really didn't add a lot of individual male talent to SmackDown, and they and all the potential that they had to add talent. They put or, or move talent. They put it all on Raw. I've, I've read you that list of names four times now. That's a significant number of new singles male superstars. And I'm just shocked that so few of them went to SmackDown. Elias is there. Who cares about Elias? I don't want to see that. I've seen I've well, seen no, Elias and Finn. I'm I don't need to see that you. anymore. I care about Elias, and I want to see him in feuds, just like I want and need and deserve to see Braun Strowman in feuds. They're they're one and the same in reality. I get yeah. Elias is not a great wrestler, so don't over don't beat me down the throat with him wrestling. But beat somebody down with a guitar and start a damn series. I'll give you two names who I am excited about on SmackDown, and this may become maybe this answers my question and my concern. Buddy Murphy and Chad Gable. From the moment we saw him, we thought sex. Now, if they're adding those two and they're filling in the roles of some of these guys that we just mentioned, are you popping for that? Oh, piece? I'm popping so huge for Buddy Murphy. I'm popping for Xavier Woods going out of his way to mention. What do you say on uh, during that opening rant on SmackDown? Like if, Tyler, if, if Tyler Breeze isn't on SmackDown, I'm, I'm going to die or something. Yeah, like or we riot or something. Great, because there, was, riot, there yeah. was a little movement of that going on on uh, social media where Tyler Breeze was tweeting out that he wants to go to NXT and feud for the North American title. You had more Ronaldo quote tweeting it, being like, I'm going to be behind that because, you know, we saw that Tyler Breeze had an NXT match within the last uh, five, six months. Um, yeah, that's great. Chad Gable deserves a singles push on there. Uh can we do something with with Buddy Murphy right away? Can we get like he's the look he's WWE's answer to Kenny Omega. He is he's a poor man's in Omega yet still rich for my blood. I need me some Buddy Murphy in a big role. Imagine if he's plugged in right away as an elite heel. Finn Balor and Buddy Murphy having a feud. Could you are like what's happening inside of me? Yeah, spill that milk and magnesium for me because I've made it, baby. Yes, Omar. Yes. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> what I need, what I'm feeling. That's exactly what I want. Yes. Gross. That I'm was, was kind of creepy. That, well, that's creepy. Omar Al-Rashid. That's our guy. He'll, he'll, little, he'll, he'll do that. The smooth, sultry tones and whisper in your ear and get yeah. a little creepy ladies. He's there. Also, for Hey, I'm, I'm honestly like, I am really excited for buddy Murphy. I am also very excited for Chad Gable. If they actually use this guy, and with a dearth of singles male competitors on this show, I think they might. Like, you're talking about a guy who could be a legit star and could be in feuds with Finn Balor. I'm also not like against this. the idea of putting him in, a, in, in an elite tag team. Bobby Roode and him are not a – makes no sense. Makes no sense. Um, do you know what was great? Do you know what was one of the better things that ever happened? American Alpha. I mean that. That's, look, the, the, the work they did in NXT and early on SmackDown speaks – for itself they were steiners 2.0 they were great we don't know if jordan's ever going to be the same or ever going to be back there are other people you can link up 
with Chad Gable who can play the poor man's dynamite kid role in some British Bulldogs. You can do this modern day thing. There's a, a lot of workers in your locker room. Let's make a fun team, Vince. What about what about him and Apollo Crews who just went over there? That's interesting. That's interesting. Because Apollo's the muscle, Gable's the worker. In a tag team like that, you wouldn't because look, the one thing about Eric, American Alpha is they weren't great on the mic. You know, they, they like they didn't talk because they weren't great on the mic. They were baby face in your face. They yeah, were that, decent, yeah. That could work. That could work. Yeah. Okay. They also added uh so we can move over to the tag teams. They added heavy machinery to SmackDown, which comedic, whatever. But man, you know, the revival talked to us and we'll we'll air this interview about bolstering the tag team division on Raw, right? So they added, if you want to consider them a team, Ricochet and Aleister Black. The damn Usos are on Raw too. I, you know what? I don't think there was enough shakeup in the two tag team divisions. They still both seem kind of stale, but putting Usos on Raw, man, that makes a difference. That's a big you know? push. That that makes sense. New Day holding it down on SmackDown. Usos on Raw. What kind of feuds are we going to see? What are, what are the elite Uso tag team feuds we're going to see on Raw now? Usos and Revival is is the feud. I mean, so that's Revival it. staying is this true? They're staying, right? Who the Revival? Yeah, they weren't leaving. They said that was completely exaggerated. They okay. just wanted to make it. They wanted to put their foot down about tag team wrestling not mattering. Okay, because there were all those weird dirt sheet rumors of them um, uh, taking pictures with fans at house shows that are wearing AEW shirts. Remember that there was that run a couple weeks ago. Uh, no, I also I, saw I, Conrad Thompson tweet at one of them the other day and say, "You know, I'll I'll leave a seat for you for uh, double or nothing, Starcast, whatever." And that was just sort of like a. I know he's joking. Oh, the Conrad but... Thompson who's not employed by AEW, right? Right, right, right. Why do you hate Conrad Thompson so much? I don't. I think it's ridiculous that people don't think he's re- – be- just because he says StarCast is separate from AEW, people ble- believe he's not related to them or doesn't have uh, um, impact on that company. He clearly does. I just think you're not ready, Adam. I'm ready. I don't think you're ready for it. I don't think you're – I'm ready. Are you guys ready for a revolution? Yes, yes, we are. Mm. Uh, what else should we talk about? Women? So they added like 50 women to SmackDown. Okay, I want to stop you there. That segment was awful. I got into an argument with our own Jack Crosby, who I love from CBS Sports. You've heard him on the show before. Uh, For him, it hit him in the field spot. I don't see how. That was so overbooked, overcooked. Let's get as many women on the show. Let's keep interrupting each other. It started off as a singles thing, right? Where Ember Moon spoke up for herself, called her the Sheenom. Was it corny? Yes, but it's her character trying to step out. And be something. So I was ready for it. Bailey running in. No, I'm challenging you. We have four horsewomen experience together. We've been up and down that road. I was with you. Then it's like, who else we got back there? Come on out. So when Paige yeah. comes out and announces she's a, you know, announces again that she's going to manage a team more or less, that she's presenting a team. I don't which hate, I'm fine, which I'm fine with because I want Paige on my great TV. Great use of her, by the way. She right. still can do some things for you. Great use of right. her. She's not bad on commentary when they bring her out. She can do some things for you. When they faked that it was going to be Mandy and Sonya, didn't hate that either, right? Attention to detail. Mentioning Absolution. Love it. Can't believe I didn't buy that Absolution t-shirt that time I had the chance for four ninety nine. <laughs> Adam, if you don't buy it for four ninety nine, it never comes back again. Before you continue, the problem is the shipping is five ninety nine. So yeah. it screws you. You gotta yeah, you're right. You gotta wait either for the no shipping day or the everything is so cheap day that I'll do the one time. And the and the shipping divides up among seven items and then it makes sense. Yeah. But they really screw themselves with that shipping All right. anyway. And here's the deal. If you asked me outright, BC, Brian Campbell, my man, you love yourself from Asuka, right? Yeah, I love. of course I love me some Asuka. I'm sorry, Brian. 
she cannot be in the singles title feud for a hot second. Would you mind if we teamed her up with another wrestler from NXT who you like a lot? Oh, yeah, who's that? Let me hear it. Kaidi Sane. I thought there was no racism in the WWE. What are they, teammates because they're Asian? Like, what are we doing here? Oh, but no, you know what? I love me some Asuka. I like me some Kyrie Sane. Okay, but here's the catch. We're going to have to further marginalize Asuka to do it, and Paige is going to manage them, and Paige is going to come out and, like Pavlov's dog, snap her fingers and instruct them to go get them, and then Asuka and Kyrie Sane willingly get into like a two-on-six brawl. Oh, and no, Teddy Long's not here, but after commercial, we're going to do a four-on-four women's eight-man <laughs> tag match. Good Lord. You know how many times I threw up in my hands and then tried to stick it back in different orifices to hide it? Like, this is ridiculous, Adam. Yeah, I don't love the fact that they just had to put the two Asian women together. And of course, you fans don't think they can speak, so we have to have... Page speak for them like I, you know what I mean it, it it just felt so kind of insulting but at the same time Asuka for for as disappointed as we've been by her singles booking she's had decent booking yeah, she was undefeated until she lost to Charlotte and she was pretty dominant in that case and she's had another dominant run with the SmackDown title until she lost to Charlotte again. All right. I'm and not hopefully... saying she can't be a babyface. No. So when they did the comedic segments with her, which were okay, I'm not saying that can't happen. I'm not what? saying that she's got to stay undefeated. But Adam, when she was in NXT, do you know what ruled? The fact that she was so stiff and such a great worker that we love that. And everything else about her, the masks, the weird dancing, the theme song, everything was like sprinkles on top of the ice cream. It was great. But like right. Bobby Roode's glorious, what she's been reduced to, even with good booking at times, is here's this weird lady with a mask who's going to come out and dance in weird lingerie. <laughs> You're so stuck on that lingerie. That's the substance of who she is. The, no, point, you know the, she po is? the point I was getting to, though, is that she she's had d relatively decent booking overall. And if they say, hey, we want to kind of put her in a tag team now, and we think she can thrive there with a great wrestler. And Kyrie Sane, and both of them together will be great, okay? Then I'm okay with that. It just felt as if I would rather have Paige, I would rather have Stephanie McMahon and Shane or Vince or whoever kind of say, we're not doing GMs, we're not doing all this commissioner BS. But you know what, Paige? You're going to be in charge of the women's division. And that's going to be your role. You're going to make matches, and you're just going to lord over and oversee it. You're going to make sure good tag teams are together. You're going to set things up properly on both shows that's the role she should be in i don't need her as just because she's an english speaker being the manager of two talented asian women it's just it, it kind of hit me and i was like really that's why you're doing it there's no connection there at least with mandy rose and sonia deville she was like their coach or their judge on nxt and she saw their talent and she put them together and they came they had absolution and then she got hurt so then she could be their manager if they wanted to go that way but with this, it's just like, oh, you're forcing it down my throat. But the bigger takeaway for me than all of that is, Brian, two-thirds, maybe three-quarters of the most talented women in WWE are now on SmackDown. The Raw women's division 
is garbage. Was that a Fox initiative? It's worth pondering, right? On a two-hour show, that many women? Well, I wonder if that's part of what Fox... We don't know what Fox... I can't speak for Fox. Nobody. We don't know what Fox wants, but you'd have to think with the money they're putting in, they're going to have requests. Now, we don't know who's exactly going to pull the strings and make the calls. I mean, UFC had a Fox deal. It seemed like UFC was making all the decisions there. WWE is going to make the decisions here. But what if Fox is like, you know what? This women's revolution is great. We want women. Then maybe they kind of overloaded it. Who's left on Raw? Who's left? Maybe Sasha. So we have maybe Sasha, Natty, Lacey Evans, Becky, you assume would wind up there. Give, you know, because they need her to be. If not, I don't know. Possibly Nikki Cross or possibly on SmackDown. We don't know. Tamina. Alexa Bliss, um, Alicia Fox, uh, maybe I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like All it's right, real. Oh, oh, Ruby Riot is over there. Sarah Logan. Yeah, I don't like it. But think about that. Think about that compared to Charlotte, Bailey, Becky, Ember Moon, Kyrie Sane, Oscar, Liv Morgan, Mickey James, and more. I mean, people I'm not even mentioning. That's just like off the top of my head. So is I don't. So SmackDown's the women's brand now. Oh, Naomi's also on Raw. Yeah. Oh, okay. And and look, to, for Naomi's. Good oh, and Kamala and Kamala's on SmackDown. I mean, it, it, Naomi's good enough where they can they can. I mean, I've never been a, bit, a huge fan of her character. I'm a huge fan of her talent, but she could she could get into a title feud. Oh yeah, she's underrated. I think she's underrated. But I'm just saying it's not really strong. I feel I, I felt like this was they put too many men singles on Raw and too many women overall on SmackDown. It, right. it, Let me it felt very this. uneven to me. Oh, this is connected to our overall conversation. And then we got it. We got to get to Becky Lynch. We got to bring in the man. We do. She's going to be upset at us. Um, you remember when the McMahons came out in the fall and said, everything changes now. You're the boss. You're the authority fans. Yeah. We're yeah. not going to do all this stuff that we started doing anyway. Two weeks later. What was that in the end, Adam? Was that a desperate attempt to shake up ratings or was there a plan that they averted at some point? What What the hell was that in hindsight? I don't think it was an attempt to shake up ratings as much as it was just like, yeah, we recognize this has been horrible. Cause it was, if you remember back to when they did that, it was horrible. Like you and I were, and it was primarily raw, but you, you and I would come on the show every week and say raw was worse than it was the week before. And SmackDown was pretty good. And we did that for like, it was always, it was, it was going down, but we did that. We had that conversation three or four weeks in a row where we're like, it's getting worse and they don't know what they're doing. And they're still in this Baron Corbin feud mm. and this stupid assistant GM thing. And Braun is just destroying things for no reason. And, and you know, it, it was really horrible. So I think they just took that opportunity to say, look, we're going to freshen things up. And to their credit, they did. That doesn't mean they made it great. Is the only but they real did, change? They did freshen things up. But the only tangible change from that, tell me if I'm wrong, is that we don't have GMs and commissioners. The McMahons can appear. Now, look, I, I say this. I, I stand by this. More McMahons and Triple H on screen than not, I think, is better for the product. It's got to be smart. It's got to be in ways that are that make sense with their character. You can't be heel one day, uh, babyface the next. But I'm down with that. Is that the only change, though? Um, No, they also kind of, even though they do still occasionally, they did stop with the mandatory rematches, which meant new feuds started more fre- frequently. Um, they started putting faces over more than they were previously. That is true. And you saw that, and you saw that at WrestleMania, they gave fans three really good moments on that show that 
in any other year of WWE, you probably would have gotten two of the three. We almost Kofi got too many moments. Won. We got we got Heath Slater. No, he, what do I keep calling? Him? We got Kurt Hawkins ending a streak. We got Tony Nese with the upset win. We, I mean, but I mean the three. I mean the three primary, the Universal, the, the women, and the WWE. We got the three primary. Oh, we also had Finn win. I mean, we had a lot. Of, uh, the Demon showed up. So well, Roman Reigns um, well, won. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so I think they I think they did did and have been slightly catering more to fans, but. They, their concept of what fans want isn't what fans actually want. Their concept is put over people we like. The, what fans actually want is tell us good stories yes. that make sense and there's continuity from one week to the next. And by the way, BC, I got like five tweets of WWE apparently has a new job. They want a script supervisor, someone that whose job it is to ensure continuity from oh, one week to the, ne- the next. King, go for it. Yeah, and everyone's tweeting me like, dream job, Silver King dream job. It's like, no, 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 it's not my dream job. My dream job would maybe be to have a position like that and get paid probably twice what that position's offering and not have Vince McMahon changing everything I do at the end of the day. That's the potential dream job. Not to do that with Vince still head of the company where it doesn't matter what I say. He's like, ah, you know what? Screw it. So you want to work under Paul in that role? It would be better. Did you see Dave Schilling on TV a couple weeks ago? No. He was backstage. Uh, I forgot what episode, what the situation was, but somebody ran backstage and he was one of those like producers in a suit talking yeah. to somebody in the background. So shout out to Dave Schiller. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's so funny. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Um, hey, look, should, what, wait, what, should we should we blame him for Viking experience? He's he's on the list until we find out. He's, his name is definitely All right, on, you're the on the list. Officially yeah, why why is my name on this list? Hey, it's time to talk to this lady, though. We got to interrupt this. These proceedings before the show's over. I am the man. And she is. She is the man. Her name is Becky Lynch, Ireland's own. She's the champ champ. She's coming at you. She's invading your personal space right now. Enjoy. The champ champ Whoa. is here again on the CBS <laughs> Sports Podcast. Becky Two Belts, congratulations after a triumphal WrestleMania 35. You told me atop the Empire State Building that Becky Two Belts would be a thing. The shoulders have to be busy, Bex. Congratulations on everything. How you doing? Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm doing good. Absolutely. You unified the women's championships in WWE, made history with a show-closing event. But, Beck, I'm not trying to throw any any salt in this wound here, okay? Because that match was fantastic, and you gave an A++ effort. But that was seven and a half hours in. You didn't go on till midnight. Did you have any, I don't know, trepidation, any disappointment in that? Because you guys hit a home run anyway, but a couple of us were yawning on the road to get there. God bless you. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I've been saying this, but uh, WrestleMania was April 7th. The main event was April 8th. Um, uh, I, I was hoping that we would start at 11.59 so that we could say that we started on the 7th and ended on the 8th, but that's neither here nor there. Um, no, and I, but that, that's the other thing that made it so great was that it had been seven and a half hours long and the fans were still chanting and still cheering and still invested in it. And, 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 oh God, that meant the world to me. Um, and I really appreciate it. And, 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 and what that meant was that people cared about this and they, they wanted to see the outcome. Um, and, and it, I, I think it would have been hard for, for anybody in that, in that spot after seeing so much, so much wrestling um, to, to keep them invested but they, they were there they were there for us 
they were cheering for me. They were willing on Becky two belts, and uh, and and I walked out of there with two of them over my head. So um, yeah, yeah, it was a it was a long, long day though. Becky, the people cared about this. We know you cared about this. You've been busy. There was tons of media before WrestleMania, after you won the titles. I don't know that it stopped for you. You're on both shows now. Have you taken a moment to sit back with those titles, one over each shoulder, and really had it sink in that you are the women's champion of Raw, you're the women's champion of SmackDown, and candidly, maybe the biggest thing in WWE? Um, I haven't really, to be honest with you, had time to sit back and really let it sink in and digest and, um, and what it means, because... The next morning, it was up at up at whatever five a.m. Um, I think I got back to the hotel at three. It was up at five to to go do more media. Um, and but that's what I've always wanted. I've always wanted to run on on no sleep and adrenaline and coffee, um, because I wanted to be so busy taking over the world. Um, and uh, I I feel like I. Uh, Sorry, I just I just saw something hilarious. Cesaro tripping over a box. (laughs) 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 He was making fun of me, and he tripped over a box. It was brilliant. Um, That's that's karma for you. Yeah, no. So it really has been nonstop, and and so now, and I knew this as soon as I won those titles that the hard work starts now because it's one thing to get to the top and it's a whole other thing to stay there now I've got people trying to push me off left, right and centre not just on one show but on two shows and now my week is going to start uh, a day early and end a, and end a day late um, in terms of in terms of, of, of live events and then and then with TVs but I'm okay with that that's what I want I want to be the hardest worker out here and um I've been proving that in the shadows for a long time, so now it's time to to prove it to the world. Becky, before that WrestleMania main event match and all that went into it, the history, the the this, the pressure, the pressure not just to give a great match, but a worthy WrestleMania main event match. What was that final 20, 30 minutes like in the locker room, walking through Gorilla? Did it surprise you at all, The either the nerves or the confidence or the suspense you had waiting for your big moment there? Shockingly, it surprised me the calmness that I had. So the last, so throughout the day, I kind of had like an extra pep in my step, um, just because I, I was just trying to enjoy it. You know, I really have worked my ass off to to get to that moment, and um, not just not just on TV, but just constantly obsessing about um, about every post, about every promo, about every interview, um, and and and. And, and there's just a lot that goes into WrestleMania week. But on the day, I was really able to to enjoy walking backstage, seeing the former main eventers, the Batistas there, the Hulk Hogan's there, the, the Triple H, and knowing that you're now joining them in that in that main event club, you know what I mean? And that this was your main event, that, that this is your WrestleMania. And that there's 82,000 people out there freaking... Uh, looking to will you on, looking for you to win, and, and looking for you to prove something to them, um, and and that was a great feeling. So it wasn't until the last hour where I really kind of um, 
where, where the nerves hit in, but also the focus and, and but more of a, a calmness as well, like a calm nervousness instead of a frantic one. Um, and then by the time I walked out, I was ready to do it. And I looked over in the crowd, I saw my brother, he winked at me, I winked at him, and, uh, and it was go time. All right, let's talk about this finish, Bex, this, this roll-up pin here, because people are torn. They're like, was there a mistake? Was Ronnie's shoulders up? Is this part of a story for a later date? What happened on that one, two, three? Uh, I, I rolled her up and the ref canceled to three. That's all I know. Her shoulders were down as far as I was concerned. Um, and I took her title and I took Charlotte's title and Rhonda was beat. And then she got a boo-boo face and and they haven't seen her since. (laughs) Well, according to her Instagram, she's off to, to, to start a family. So I wish her well. You got any any closing message for Ronnie here? Um, good riddance to you. Wow, still still spitting hot fire here. All right, you talked about the legends, you know, wishing you well, and they were all there. Some people have called your build to the man almost like the closest thing a women's wrestler has come to prime Steve Austin with the way the crowd addressed you and the way your character had a badass, no-nonsense style to it. Have you talked to Mr. Steve Austin since the man took off? Has he? What, what has been his reaction, if any? Oh, I have, um, and, and 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 Steve is uh, he's very vocal in um, in in he he won't he won't give you any crap, you know. He'll tell you as it is. So if he thinks you're slipping, he'll let you know. And if he thinks you're doing well, he'll let you know. And um, so I have talked to him, and um, just about about ha- having a good air about me, you know. And, but I mean, my my intention has never been to. Uh, to emulate anybody other than myself being compared to one of the greatest of all time is, uh, is, is fantastic. And being able to talk to him is, is even better. Um, so he's been very generous with his time and, and, and with his opinions. Um, but at the end of the day, this is me going out there. This is my personality. That these are my words out on display and I've got to be my own human as opposed to uh, a copy of anybody else. Speaking about reactions, I'm sure we'll get it one day on this WWE 24 special. I'm sure sure they'll produce for WrestleMania 35. But coming back through Gorilla after winning the titles in the main event, what was the reaction from Vince McMahon? You know, we'll see it eventually on TV. But but what was it? What did you feel in that moment uh, coming from him? Yeah, I think uh, he was he was very proud, Um, and uh, you know he he knew how hard it worked to get there. Even though he tried to take away from me a bunch of times, um, but uh, he he knew how hard that I worked to get there. He told me he was proud of me um, because you know Vince Vince likes people to prove him wrong. He does, and uh, and I did that, and uh, and 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 I think it really was like he was happy that that people were still so invested after so much time out there. You know, and I think that they, there was only one match that could have done that, and that was us. Well, speaking about proving people wrong, you know, we've spoken to you a bunch over this past year. About 10 months ago was the first time, and you kind of told us at that time you were pretty frustrated with your spot in WWE. This is obviously before the man came around and before all this took off. I'm just wondering, given some recent events, reports, whatever the case, uh, has Sasha Banks picked your brain at all? Have you spoken to her? And what would you tell someone who maybe feels now like you did 10 months ago? 
Um, I haven't spoken to her. Um, look, you can you can uh, you can either work for it or 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 you can talk about it. So you got to get in people's faces and you got to work for it. And like I like to be knocked down every now and again. You know, I like to be frustrated because that gives me fuel. That gives me fire. And and I never and and it's about not feeling defeated. It's about knowing that no matter what, there's always a way to overcome it. There's always a way. There's always a way. No matter what the situation, you just have to figure that out. You just have to figure it out. But there always is a way. And maybe it's timing. Maybe you have to be patient. Maybe you don't. But there's always a way. And there's always light at the end of the tunnel. If you can keep that in your mind, and if you can keep that hope up, but you have to, you have to work for it. Yeah, that's good advice for everyone, for anyone and anyone going through it, dirt sheets or not. Keep working hard, Bex. You have business, it seems, against Lacey Evans, the the woman, the lady of WWE, the lady against the man here. I got to say this for Lacey. I got to give her a thumbs up. Somebody really getting involved in, let's say, their first main roster feud and going up against the man and throwing a couple right hands and getting me fired the heck up. That's one hell of a leap for that fine lady. How excited are you at potentially doing business with this person? Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Her hats are beautiful. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what you want me to say. I, I, don't, I don't know nothing about her. Like, I've seen her walk down the ramp a few times. I felt her right hand pretty decent. Um, but other than that, she has not proven herself. Um and and that's wonderful to be able to come into WWE and get handed a title opportunity right away. Um, but she hasn't done anything to prove herself. So she's going to have to work hard um, to make a name for herself and not just walk down ramps in freaking high heels and a, and a hat, call yourself the lady, and talk about how uh, how she's currying favors. Is that right? Is that what she said last night? I wasn't quite sure what she was implying because I don't know what garbage be coming out of her mouth but uh i i i think i think her intention is to take us back 50 years i think i'm not sure but 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 i've been out here making history since day one since i stepped on stepped foot on raw uh she's just been stepping foot on raw that's it she's just been stepping foot and and, and that's about it um so she's really gonna have to. She's really gonna have to pull out some some spectacular feats if she thinks she's gonna beat me. So speaking of Lacey, and also we're right in the middle of the uh, superstar shakeup. You know, people coming up from NXT, going down, moving around. How tough was this? Is something we've never really asked you. How tough was that transition coming from NXT to the main roster? And how long do you think it really took for you to feel at home on uh, SmackDown or Raw when you were going back and forth? Uh, it took a few months, but to be honest with you, I felt at home like as soon as I stepped out there. I always felt very comfortable. And the bigger the stage, the better for me. You know, I just, I, I feel like my, uh, if nothing else, I feel like I can connect with an audience. Um, and, and the more people there are out there, the better. So when I came to, to Raw, I was just delighted. I loved my time in NXT, but uh, there was something special about stepping foot out there on Raw. Um and, but you know, um, there's there is a respect um, process in this business, and you can't come in feeling like too comfortable. And uh, and I, I I wanted to pay my dues, and I certainly did that. 
Now, uh, oftentimes I see that that not happening, such as uh, such as your girl Lacey Evans um, coming up here without paying her dues. You know, it's about paying your dues, and I I, I respected and appreciated that I got to do that. Um, sometimes people are handed opportunities and, and good for them. I'd prefer to have taken it the way that I took it. I love that. I love, Beck, that you're calling her my girl. This is great. All right, to close, Beck, and you've been fantastic. The man stepping in here once again. If you don't have goals, you're inevitably going to get stale. You've already crossed off the biggest goals I could have thought of for your career. Main eventing WrestleMania, winning both championships. What's left on Becky Two Belts' to-do list? What's next is is uh, WrestleMania 36 is going to be around the corner real soon. And now I've got a taste of it. I don't want to let it go. Um, so it's, it's one thing to, to get there. It's a whole other thing to maintain it. Um, and now, like I said, everybody's going to be trying, trying to knock me off the pedestal. So um, uh, now, it's, now it's, the next goal is to be the greatest of all time. That's all. That's all I want now. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy. Yeah, just go for it. That's easy. No problem at all. Hey, Becky easy. Lynch, a pleasure, as always, to chat with you. We'll see you on Raw. We'll see you on SmackDown. I don't know. Maybe you'll win the NXT Women's title while you're, while you're, while you're screwing around there. Doing a fantastic job. Congratulations on everything. The man is here. Thank you so much. All right. Hey, Becky Lynch, man. Look, a little bit, a little bit of in character there, but that's what she does right now. She's, she's, she's charming. She's, um, <laughs> she is. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm not going in any gross areas. I'm saying that she's fantastic. She's great. She, she, her, her character and her personality is intoxicating. Yes. Yes. She's fantastic. She's someone, you, she's someone you want to be around. You enjoy speaking with, and you imagine that if you were going out for beers, you would have a hell of a time. Did she no sell your Sasha Banks question though? It was a good question. It was a good question. I don't know if she no sold it. She said so under her breath, which I'm not sure if the microphone's fully picked up. She's like, no, I haven't spoken to Sasha. And then she kind of gave an answer on which she answered my question. And I did give her the question in a way that wasn't like, tell me what you think of what Sasha Banks is doing right now. I, I tried to ask her like, hey, you were in this position 10 months ago. You were an afterthought for the most part. Now, they did have a storyline planned for her with Road Dog, with her turning heel. But she took that to, like, that was probably going to be a six storyline. She took it to a 12, obviously, right? So knowing this, that she had that experience, what did she have to say to Sasha about something like that? If Sasha did speak to her, which she says she didn't. And I think she's really the type of person where Sasha needs to look and say, this is, I don't know if they're friends or not, but this is someone I came up with. And look what happened to them. Look how long they were irrelevant. And look where they are now. Think- she is, as I've said, the biggest thing in the company right now. I think you got worked on the idea of like, uh, she didn't. I haven't spoken to her. Like, come on, that's a, it's a no, small, no, no. I'm just saying that's what she said. They change in that. the same room. They tweeted at each other. I know what she said. I'm saying I think I think she worked us on the. Uh, oh yeah, we haven't spoken because because she's not going to air Sasha's dirty laundry on the air. Well, she said it. She said it very off. Like, oh no, we haven't spoken. But like, she she got it out of the way. You know what I mean? It's it's like she wanted to lie, but not actually lie. You know what I mean? So that's fine. But that is but tough I, when she gets out of mania after midnight gets back at 3 a.m. has to be up at five to be on like the today show sports center, like all this stuff. The life of a, uh, of a champ champ is, is, is not an easy one, but I like what she said. This is what I've been waiting for my whole life. This is what I've been grinding for. Um, there couldn't be a better person that seems more ready for the spot. Like even when CM Punk first had his run, his insane run, 
I remember I interviewed Hulk Hogan during that time. It was 2011. I had we had we had Hogan promoting a TNA uh, pay per view. Remember that street fight was staying that awful awfulness. And you know I got to interview him for a half hour, and we were talking off the record. And Punk was hot, and everybody's like, "Hey Hulk, what do you think about Punk?" And he's like, "You know he's great and all, but." Uh, he don't want to be there. He does. He's not ready for the spotlight. He doesn't. He can't handle that. They have to will, push him out there every day and rub his shoulders True. and get him fired up. And and uh, oh, he was almost talking like negative. Like yeah, this guy's doing great, but uh, he's not cut out for this. So that was sort of interesting. Becky screams, I, "This is who I'm supposed to be." Right now, talk to me in six months. Who knows? It could be a different story. But uh, well, she might get burned out by then. But I mean, if she still has the titles. But I mean, damn. Like no, you're 100 percent right, man. She she. Look, we went from saying on this podcast, like, again, 10 months ago, man, we really want to talk to Becky Lynch. You said to me, hey, let's really try to get her on the show. And I think this is like the fifth time we've spoken to her. Like, we talked to her every two months now. And in this case, we've spoken to her in back-to-back weeks because you spoke to her on top of the Empire State Building. And I think we interviewed her uh, in January coming off of the the Superstar of the Year or Wrestler of the Year award that she got with us. And that was a great interview, by the way. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. Um, but it's to the point where... She's so good and she understands the character so well that she's broken that person who would kind of break kayfabe and tell us some cool stuff and and really tell us like how she feels about things. And now it's like here's the, the character of Becky Lynch, the man. And that's OK. I don't hate it. I still love her. But it's just like, oh, man, I know that deep inside you have great answers for these questions. And oh, I want you I want yeah, you to be honest. Stay on it brand. It's weird. There's times when when we expect it and forgive it. It's. Monster characters like Bray Wyatt before WrestleMania is going to stay in character, right? Right. Um, ahead of WrestleMania, more people than often are going to stay in character because they're really trying to sell you on that match. And then sometimes you get naive people straight up from NXT who don't realize that we're not pretending it's real. You can right. do that. But um, the only other time I think is when somebody is so red hot and their character is what they're selling. They're they're just on friggin' fire that it's just gonna be what it's gonna be until they quiet. Yeah, down. I mean, I mean, people like ask like, hey, and I've had the question. You and I have talked about it. Hey, why why haven't you guys tried to interview Velveteen Dream? And it's like, well, if you want a full kayfabe interview, maybe we can interview him, right? And it's when Matt Hardy was his character. Sometimes like he was like that was how he was doing interviews. He wasn't speaking to you as like Matt Hardy. The person, oh, right? The broken ones. I still say go back and listen to the Broken Mad Hardy TNA one on the Jim Ross podcast. The best character work I've ever heard. Yeah. Like amazed. Like two hours so, of just fully in character. Yeah. So there's reasons that we, you know, we don't speak to certain people. And there's reasons why occasionally we do interviews. And, and look, candidly, we spoke to Seth Rollins. And it was super short. So it didn't have much value anyway. But it was completely kayfabe. And, and you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out, right? So with Becky, it's still so entertaining and so good. And there's enough of her real per- real person, Rebecca Quinn, in Becky Lynch, the man, that it shines through no matter what, right? Like, you know she feels this way. It just turned up to 15. And listen, I, I'm very appreciative every single time she joins us. I, I was glad. This was a last-minute edition. We kind of got word that she was available. Obviously, we're going to jump on that. Thrilled to have her on the podcast again. The champ champ, Becky Lynch. Um, really fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it right there. Mazel! That's fantastic news! No, it really was, Dwayne. It was great. It so, was great. I only had two other things to talk about, and maybe you have others, but we can kind of maybe get out of here on this. Um, so we had Luke Harper that you briefly mentioned earlier. He formally requested, and he did it publicly, which is the way Ty Dillinger did it, formally requested his release from WWE. He's 40. He had a pretty strong independent career as Brody Lee. 
Uh, we saw, or I don't know if you saw yet, but on Worlds Collide WrestleMania weekend, he had a hot fire match with Donovan Dijakovic, Dijak, whatever, Dijakovic is I think what they call him, um, who's great and has a huge future in NXT, by the way. Uh, for me, I think this was like one of those I have to type of situations. It's like WWE doesn't have anything for him. And they brought Rowan back with Daniel Bryan. That works. That's kind of cool. Go Good for them. But if they're not going to change that Harper character and they've had numerous opportunities to do it, did you see any ceiling for him in WWE? You remember that? You do remember, obviously, the build to Mania in Orlando. Should have been champion. Uh, when he was involved in title triple threats with Orton and Wyatt. I mean, in, in his the way he could work, he could do so much more. He knows that. He's not young. This is obviously the perfect choice, uh, whether it's AEW, whether it's anything, whether it's Japan, whether it's Ring of Honor, right away he could be something big. Good for him. I think he maxed out whatever Vince was ever going to utilize and see him as. I, I, it's almost like you want to say Vince doesn't realize how good of a wrestler he is. And Vince just looks at him as giant, uh, sweaty, wife-beating, wearing muscle. But he's not. And look, something's happening with Bray Wyatt. It, we, we, we all assume that that bird in the box and the dolls with the weird eyes is Bray Wyatt, right? The buzzard? Yeah. yeah. The, so <laughs> yeah. that's Bray Wyatt. It, it's probably not going to be the real Wyatt family. So unless you want to come back and just be... Ray Wyatt's bodyguard, go for it, dude. And that's the thing. He's not young, so it makes sense. Go for it. You know what? Like you mentioned AEW, whatever, and it's getting trite that every time someone leaves, people tweet them the Cody listening gif or, you know, oh, my God, he's going to AEW. AEW confirmed. But you know what? In this case, screw AEW and JPW. Put this guy in Japan. Have this guy fight, you know, uh, Okada and Tanahashi and got like, are you kidding me? Jay White versus Harper. These are incredible potential matches. I would love to see him over there. I just would like to see him somewhere where he there's he's accessible to me. Yeah. And a ring a ring of honor or an impact that he's saying accessible to me. And so AEW New Japan. One I, of those. I popped real big in the past couple of weeks uh, around that G1 Supercard show when Nakamura would post like Instagram pics of like him and Okada having dinner and smiling and being like boyish together. Great stuff. Fantastic stuff. By the way, I love that Tanahashi goes to WrestleMania every year. Yeah. Just sits as a member of the people. Like, like as we saw last year in new Orleans, when Braun was looking for Nicholas, he kind of came upon uh, ACE. That would have been fantastic. Yeah. And like Okada, I don't know if he went this year, but he definitely went last year. Um, I love that those guys, and you would obviously never see like, Seth Rollins at, you know, Dominion or anything like that, uh, even backstage or whatever. But I love that they understand what WrestleMania is. And it, it would be cool if one day, like, it won't happen. But if there was some type of just like Vince is like, yo, before he retires, let's get Tanahashi on WrestleMania. And they worked out a one for one deal with NJPW. Like, that would be really cool, you know, having Ace over there. Paul so, would do that, thought, not Vince. Uh, speaking of guys that true. do awesome air guitar, like, like Ace. Uh, we haven't talked much about this. When we, uh, just so people know, the only time per year um, that WWE puts you in like a press box when you cover one of their events is is WrestleMania. So we're up there in the New York Giants Jets press box, and the friends, friends and family and wrestlers not being used, uh, so private suites are all like right next to us. So what? Because we had such great view from the press box, we had so many superstars or superstars family members. Or uh, Michelle McCool uh, coming in and just standing right next to you and I and looking out at the giant view in the giant window. In fact, she, she looked like she was like 25 years old, by the way. Yeah. It was shocking. Yeah. In fact, uh, my my guy, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, no sold the ball bags out of me when I 
out of the corner of his eye, he could see me mounting up to grab the phone to try to do like a selfie with the two of us. And as soon as I stood up and walked over to him, he turned around instantly and cold shouldered me. And left it was me. almost, it was almost offensive. The sad thing is he's also done that to me before in real life, a, a separate time while I've also had great interviews with him and spent a day with him once at an indie show. Uh, great guy, man. Can he do that? My point of this is, <laughs> So you and I all night, we're going to the bathroom, we're seeing like NXT stars, we're seeing people all over. I peed next to Eric Bugenhagen, you know, the air guitar guy from NXT, the, the man, my man. Nobody pops more for a Bugenhagen type gimmick than this guy right here. Only there's etiquette in, in men's rooms, Adam. So I wasn't going to be like, hey, Boogs, while we both have our, <laughs> you know, while we're both, you know what I'm talking about. We both got our hands full, if you will. So I went to the sink and I took an, an or, inordinate amount of time to wash my hands, okay? Hoping that he would be done taking a whiz, wash his hands next to me, and then I could be like, yo, Boogs, like, holy crap, dude, I pop for you. You're the man. You know, I, I'll mark out in that moment. You can't stop me. Yeah, I know no, I'm you, working. You mark out at those things. You yeah. can't stop me in the men's room from marking out, all right? And Adam, he never stopped taking a whiz. <laughs> All right. And I even t I even did that thing where you squat down and tie your shoe. You take a long ass time drying oh your hands. God, this is you check ridiculous. the dirt under your nails. It actually got to the point that anybody else in there would have wondered, like, am I standing around ready to take stick pics like secretly? Like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and I eventually had to give in and, and leave. So either he had a Ricky the Dragon like sense that this guy is trying to mark out on me. So I'm just going to hold my own or he I don't know what he was drinking. You know, so that's my story. I uh Coming out, so I, I was able to go down. I saw a little bit of the, of the main events. Uh, came back up. I, I told you this. I almost took a. Uh, I almost got leveled by Shayna Baszler in the press box. Yeah, you bounced unintentionally. Off of her. Yes, <laughs> unintentionally, and very, she was very nice. But I almost got like wrecked by her. And uh, I get, I get it. Uh, I understand. Yes, she was a badass. Makes and I did, and I did see. I know we always make jokes, but it's it's real. It's real life that we would risk it all for Liv Morgan. But I did see. Uh, what's her name? What's uh, Montez Ford's wife from NXT? I love her. Bianca Belair. Oh, my God. I saw Bianca Belair back there. Not in the men's room, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's it. <laughs> I, hope, I, I hope not. Um, only let me, thing tell, you, I, let me I, tell you a piece of meat that I enjoyed. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Only other thing I wanted to bring up. So uh, they're doing this thing with Dean Ambrose where despite him being off TV now, they're allowing him to say goodbye to fans after Raw, basically. And he was at Raw in Montreal this week. Um, obviously, Renee, his wife is Canadian, Renee Young. Uh, so I guess he went up there and got some catering and just hung out with everyone while his contract expires at the end of the month. And there was another, you know, incident in the ring caught on camera by fans where Rollins and Reigns and Ambrose are all out there and the fans are cheering for him and giving him a great ovation. And this is what he says. He tells the fans that their ovations and WWE giving him the opportunity to say goodbye to the fans are make, quote unquote, making it difficult for me to retire. Do you find that interesting? Okay, so that's certainly a swerve. It's, it's or is a, that it's a choice a, of phrase? Or is that just a choice of phrase? It's a new development. It's certainly something new that, that changes whatever we thought coming in. Like we thought it was a work for a while. Then we're like, okay, this is definitely not a work. But this doesn't necessarily mean he's going to show up at double or nothing, right? Like we don't know right. for sure. Do I think he's going to take some time off and this could be part of it? Look, he was one of those guys every year who 
would be on the list of most matches wrestled in a calendar year, including house shows, like the durable guys. They always end up injured, by the way. Seth Rollins used to be atop that list for a while. So I'm not doubting that the, he just wants to get away from the grind. He wants a break. But I cannot believe retirement is in his future. Dude, this guy's an artist. He was in the crowd at Bloodsport over Mania Weekend. He, we t- I've talked to him before on this show. And he loves loves death matches. He's got a long history in that. He likes to eat things. Dean Ambrose looks like he wants a piece of this pie. Of, yeah, of course. Definitely. Um, I think that we're going to see him again. I think we're going to see him again eventually in a big spot somewhere. And I think it's going to be somewhere where creatively he could be who he is. But I'm not going to act like that didn't happen. He didn't say that, Adam. So maybe that just means he's taking time off first. And then he's going to decide... Now, look, if it's all a big show and he's going to be a special guest surprise at all or nothing, that's great. I'll pop. Everything's fantastic. If, you know, if he's suddenly showing up on that show out of nowhere, look, it's going to be great. He would be great on AEW. But if not, dude, I hope that dude kind of gets what he needs out of life, right? I mean, CM Punk got yeah. out for a lot of different reasons, too. One of them was was burnout. Why did Brock get out in the beginning? Burnout. Take a break, dude. Well, And Punk is pretty adamant about not coming back. And he's had opportunities, you know what I mean? Uh, and apparently AJ's had opportunities too. But with Dean, yeah, it, it's just weird the way WWE is treating this. It, it has been from the beginning. For them to come out and say, yes, Dean Ambrose is not renewing his contract. Yes, we're doing a fa- farewell tour. Yes, we're reuniting the Shield, and we're going to give you a last ever Shield reunion match, and we're going to put them over too. Oh, and we're going to allow Dean Ambrose to come out after shows and say goodbye to fans and allow these moments to go viral. And it's like, if he was leaving them and going to AEW, which they would know, right? Like they wouldn't necessarily know he's going to be there in May or or whatever the case, right? But they have sources in all these other organizations. People talk in the wrestling business. Vince knows all, okay? They would know he's going somewhere else and they wouldn't put him out there like this. They wouldn't give him this much. They're doing a special this week on the WWE Network like one last ride for the shield. I think it's like a going to be a house show match that they all have or something like that. It's like at Sunday at nine 30 or some weird time like that. I don't think WWE would go to this extent, this, this these lengths to say goodbye to someone. If they thought he was going to just jump to another promotion in a month. Right. Because you know, say goodbye, say goodbye. That's rough. Well, it is because wrestling is a rough, is business. a rough sport. You, you know, you're right about that, but it does lead it leads credence to the idea that he's undecided in the way that they handled it or, you know, undecided on on if he's returning or how soon he might return to the business in general. And with that, there's an indecision about whether that would mean he would come back with WWE if he did. And look, I'm not going to ignore. I, I truly believe he's frustrated creatively. And that's at least a giant. Absolutely. This, Absolutely. And wants to do something. else. I mean, like, look, for all I can say about AEW and there's another guy who NJPW might be an insanely great fit for play some murderous Jay White type character be fantastic only he's a better worker so it'd be even better but um, I wonder if they're just trying to do all this to convince him that look bro take your time your wife still works here we're not shoving her out there have a piece of that pie now and then right yeah maybe I mean you would maybe it's as simple as that you would if you had that chance right find the clip no, I've already played it. I've already played oh, it. Oh, I thought you were, I saw you looking down. I don't know no, what you're No, doing I was playing there. with my Undertaker keychain that has the Sarah tattoo across his chest. Remember when he used to have that? <laughs> I do. Speaking of, we somehow never mentioned The Undertaker came back right after WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Took out Elias. Yeah. Uh, I got to be honest, though. I mean, he's in great shape. Good for him. Whatever. He, he looked pretty good. 
And what's interesting is, remember originally it was like, he's going to show up at StarCast. He's going to be, you know, doing this tell-all podcast. He's going to be joining AEW maybe. And now it's like he's <laughs> signing autographs. At, so Vince stepped in, it seems. They got him on, you know, they got him back for Mania Weekend. Of course he, they got him on of course he did. He's a WWE guy I his entire it. career. Um, I don't want to see him again, though, Adam. He retired like a couple years ago. He's retired. I liked, I did very much like, though, the segment. I got to be honest. When you have Elias on the guitar, no, he says no. he says Dead Man foreshadows it, and then the dong hits and his eyes bulge out of his head. That was awesome. He maybe, sold that very well. Maybe your dong hit. Mine had no movement whatsoever because guess what? The day before at Mania, you just jobbed out Elias to rapping Cena. Now, I get why you did that. Elias' character should take the fall in those type of big moments, but... So the next night, he's got to do the same Bukaki to Undertaker? No, I can't do it. I, no! Adam, here's my point. When Undertaker comes back in this day and age, <laughs> it means nothing. What is it? What did that mean? That's as meaningless as his speech at Raw 25, which will live in infamy. That promo that he cut, that we yeah. still don't, can somebody still decode it? Not only does it ruin the storyline that his Undertaker's uh, ultimate thrill ride should have been his last ride, because guess what? He retired. And then, yeah, he didn't retire. And then he sold his soul in Saudi Arabia and pulled it triple or pulled Shawn Michaels into it too. a bald Shawn Michaels at that. So you <laughs> ruined that. I mean, good Lord. Why does he show up in a triple threat match for the universal championship? Like Kane did stop unless he's back for something that matters. Like, like I'm anointing Bray Wyatt as the next or Alistair Black as the next great dark Lord of WWE. And I'm either going to feud with them or I'm going to mentor them or whatever. My point is, come back for a reason. Come back to haunt Vince to make him do some decision that you want. Like, whatever. Come back for Michelle McCool. Come back for a reason, Adam. Stop posting pictures on your Instagram of you working out. Stop being a regular guy, because you're not. You're not mean Mark Calloway <laughs> anymore. You're the damn Undertaker. All right? There used to be a Sarah tattoo on your chest, and it lives forever on this keychain on my desk. Thank you. You got anything else you want to talk about this week? Yeah, my fill spot is Kevin Owens with the New Day. It could have been something that was brutal. Instead, it was awesome. It was funny. It was great. It was the opposite of Kurt Angle in the Shield. It was the exact opposite. In fact, it was awesome. Thank you, KO. Thank you for that Montreal crowd being awesome and receiving him. Thank you for how much fun they had with that and allowed me to have fun in an overall bad two nights of wrestling. And my other actual fill spot for the week, which will actually produce this sound... What Sami Zayn did on Monday night was you're taking my field spot art. now. Okay, I'll give it to you. Tell me why you loved no, it. it. No, was, go go for it. Go it for was it. damn performance art, Adam. Yeah, I thought both of those guys delivered and had the signature moments of SmackDown and Raw, respectively. I, there's no argument. I I do think that we smell the Kevin Owens heel turn, like eventually, where he and there's a story to tell because in real life, Kofi took a spot at WrestleMania, right? So you have that, and and if you can do that with Kevin, and you can play this out for a couple months, oh yeah, that's great. And he could be but, the wrench in the new day that breaks them up, or you know that tries to, and then when he tries to pull that wrench, Big E comes sailing in, saves Kofi, and now you have New Day against Kevin Owens, Kofi versus Kevin Owens title match. You're in a good situation there. Um, but it kind of seems like the the Kofi situation is a bit rudderless. And Owens is being injected in there to give it some life when we haven't heard from Daniel Bryan since WrestleMania. Apparently he hurt himself. It doesn't seem to be serious, but where is he? Um, and there's no other heel really stepping up to challenge for that title. 
And now you have Kevin Owens inserted and they're doing this new New Day thing while Big E's hurt. But why do you care so much about the faction when you have the WWE champion in, in this in this group? And I said faction, whatever. Um, it's a little bit confusing for me. But I did think Kevin Owens was great and has been great ever since he's come back. And the KO show is fantastic. And the the Bliss experience, or what's it called? Moment of Bliss on Raw, that was the best one yet. She's doing a good job. And Sami Zayn had the crowd in the palm of his hand. Yeah, it was the, great. Sami Zayn so, was full. It, that was one I, of the better. I don't even like, I don't even like Sami Zayn a little bit. And the last two weeks, he's been killer. I've he dominated it. two roles. It wasn't even like, I'm going to tease that I'm babyface, and then I'm going to hit you with the heel turn. It was, I'm going to dominate the babyface side of it, and then dominate the heel side of it. I mean, he had those fans hating him after yeah. playing his theme song like four times. It was perfect. All right, I got one more thing to say. Friends, Roman Reigns, Mex-Americans, lend me your Mick Foley years. Thank you, TalkBox, for setting that up for me. Um, We have a bonus show this week, Thursday, coming at you. You're not going to want to miss it. Who's your daddy in, in pro wrestling audio, listeners? Who's your damn daddy? Because we know how you like it. Because you guys all know. That I'm a rough writer. Thank you, Alex X Parsons. Or Adam X Parsons. Sorry, he could start an Alex faction with all his other The Alex comedians. Parsons experience. Yes, exactly. Uh, Alan, wow, that's a great joke there. Um, it actually is. Um, Thank you. We're going to have a big show, not but not Paul White. But it's going to be great, and it's going to be special, and you're going to love it. Because the, the SOC, it delivers. All right, guys? It, you get the, the sound that you want to hear, okay? We, we bring it to you. We violate you. We did it. We love it. You love us. It's Na- natural. Natural. Say goodbye. All right. Follow us on the things. Review us, whatever. We're way too deep into the show for formulae. You got anything else to say, Silver King? No. That's it. I want to say goodbye. All right. Yeah. Okay, say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, now get out of here. Oh, that's right a little now. rough, Randy. Yeah, but it is rough. Yeah, wrestling is a rough sport. Yeah. We out. <laughs>